Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> And edit it. (laughs) Hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. (laughs) (laughs) And you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hello and welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnke and as always I'm here with Matt Stewart. Hello Matt. Hello Dave, how are you? Well thanks, how are you? Very well, thanks. Well now I've got this chat out of the way, we may as well bring in a (laughs) special guest this week joining us from Sandspans Radio but also getting fruity with Matt and the boys star, it's Jackson Bailey. Thank you so much for having me. You got his credits back to front there. (laughs) I was. uh, You buried the lead. One is a lot more well known, (laughs) that's true. My time getting fruity. One of the boys. Yeah. (laughs) I'm getting fruity with Matt and the boys. One of the boys. Justin Bailey. Have you said his name? Yeah, I did. Yeah. It's well, come I out. It again. I think I called him one of the stars. Right. <laughs> that's that's good. That's, yeah. I, 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 it's a name so nice I said it twice. <laughs> Jackson Bailey. That's too many compliments. I like I like your middle initial, which you don't always Jackson, use. Ronald Jackson Ronald B. Oh, so B. B's Bailey. fake. Oh, what? Yeah, I also was I, I was toying in my mind of do I say Jackson B Bailey sort I, of thing? So my middle middle names are Ronald and Lindsay, which are awful. Right. Yeah, I'm really, oh, no, I think they're fantastic. I lucked out there. They suit your glasses. <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> Jackson R L Bailey. Well, see, I don't oh. like it because I think R L Bailey makes me feel like I write like 
fat fantasy novels yeah. with a wizard and a tiger yeah, on the front or whatever. I'm not a fan. Jackson B. Bailey is fun. It's flirty. You yeah. Know? <laughs> Who's this guy? Woo! Jackson bouncy. B. Bailey. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's bouncy. J.R.L. Bailey. Christ. <laughs> oh, I love. I actually love it. <laughs> See, he wears a fedora. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But I guess R.L. Bailey, R.L. Stein. That's pretty cool. Goosebumps. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So it's a tough one. Mm. <laughs> but I think. You know, you've got both. Yeah. Well, I can pick and choose, which yeah. is nice. That's yeah. the, that's where you want to be. Yeah. <laughs> your secret identity. Yeah. B Bailey. Bailey. <laughs> or your real identity. Yeah. Fedora wearing R.L. Stein. <laughs> Bailey. Well, we should probably say, and thank you so much for joining us, Jackson. Anytime, of course. Uh, the reason that Jess Perkins isn't here this week, our esteemed co-star, mm-hmm. is uh, sadly she is sick this week. So, of course, hashtag... Pray for Bob. Pray for Bob, please. We hope she gets well soon. Mm-hmm. But thank you so much for stepping out. That's like any time. Filling in the Bob role this yeah. week. I'm happy to be Bob. Yeah, so you're you're now, what, you're equal fifth or sixth most ever guest on this show. Um, I'm, I've got the record I've been on all episodes. Yeah, okay. He's sad. Uh, but I'm re- coming in fifth or sixth. Yeah, something like that, yeah. I reckon. <laughs> Matt's a real dictator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if you get in with him, he'll get you on. It's nice to know my place immediately. That's good. You don't get that often enough. Honestly, Jackson, for me... Uh, it's first yeah. and then just equal last. So <laughs> you and Dave are on the same amount of oh, episodes. That's, that's not true. I'm pulling away from Jess now and I'm in the top two. <laughs> and I'm coming for your title, Stuart. First loser. I'll remain <laughs> equal last with myself. That's a safe place to be. <laughs> equal last with uh, the douche as well. well that's your true, yes. Sans pants mate. Yeah, my esteemed co host, <laughs> Joel Doucher. That's true. Equal last. But you have, you've got big news, Dave. Is that right? Was that fair to say? Oh, my goodness. How have you not let me say it yet? <laughs> uh, that is, of course, we are doing some more live online shows coming up. We did a few of these a couple of months ago. It was a bit of an experiment. And let's just say it was a success because it was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. I hope this isn't overstating it, but it was the time of my life. <laughs> yeah, wow. It really <laughs> gave us a reason to live. Damn. Honestly, loved, loved my time. Uh, there in the live streams. Looking forward to doing them again. So they can find out more details at sauspresents.com. There'll be a link in the show notes. That's right. And the uh, the dates are there's going to be four Saturdays at 12 o'clock in Melbourne time, which is our local time. Uh, July 18th, July 25th, August 1st, a special show, that one, because it is our 250th <sighs> episode. That's amazing. And uh, afterwards, uh, in the same ticket price, we will, of course, be having a little celebration. Yeah, 250. And all the other, we'll be doing an extra post-show thing on yeah, all the live right. streams that are exclusive to the live streams. So the live streams go about twice as long as the episodes and we'll have a little party, uh, you know, swigging on some yeah, cognac, yeah. that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. We'll be sipping away. And then there's one more, uh, August the 8th, and uh, we, we cannot wait. And if you want, you can get tickets uh, for all of them. But if you do that, you can get them three for the price of four. No, four for the price of three. <laughs> there is a special deal. Just a kindness. There is a, there's a little glitch, but um, <laughs> thank you so much for your extra money. We'll lock you out of that fourth yeah, episode. Season pass, you get, yeah, and a, one episode free. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Jackson B. Bailey. Yes. You have a similar, if they yeah, go to Not to Marty the Waters, but I got a, a similar deal happening because I'm similarly yeah, do you not to... undercut us <laughs> on our own show oh my god <laughs> but yeah if you had to uh, sauce presents uh, I am doing a, a similar thing a live uh, uh, performance streamed what live performance art <laughs> yeah thank you uh, which is uh, me and uh, my, my previously stated esteemed co-host Joel Dusha my other co-host Joel Zamet playing D&D ruining D&D if we can 
uh, live on stage. And with you get, one of the other boys? With Adam. With one of the other boys uh, from Getting Fruity with Matt and the boys. Uh, I, th- I think the, p- the premise is that he's narnia us into D&D and we're causing a whole bunch of trouble. Right. So, yeah, if you had to sauce uh, presents, it's uh, July 11th, July 4th, and July 27th. So. Adam Carnevale. Head there. He's the <laughs> apple of my eye. He's What a man. Yeah, such a great man. Anyway, we should get on with this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the way it works, Jackson, assuming yes. you listen every week, but just <laughs> for those at home who are tuning in for the first time, all those... New listeners you've drawn across with you. Welcome. The way it My works flock. is one of the three of us, mm-hmm. uh, it's not you, oh if you're God. sweating at all, <laughs> one of the three of us goes away and researches a topic. We really deep dive into it, uh, bathe in it, live it mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. for a week or so. And we come back and we tell the other two what we've learned. The topic's normally been suggested by a listener. This okay. week, Dave is doing the topic. And to get us on a, the topic, we ask a question. Dave... What is the question this week? My question for the, you two gentlemen is, which is the only country crazy enough to kidnap two prominent filmmakers to make a movie about a metal-eating, ass-kicking, Godzilla-like monster? Well, this feels like something Jackson probably knows. Is this, is this North Korea? The answer is North Korea. <laughs> oh, oh hell dude. yeah. She's that played into Jackson's hands. I'm like, weird knowledge. <laughs> Damn. Do you know much about this uh, incident? Oh, I, I know of it, but I don't know any specifics. And how about you, Matt? Do you know that North Korea kidnapped two prominent filmmakers <laughs> to make a movie about a metal-eating, ass-kicking, Godzilla-like monster? No, I did not <laughs> know about it. I'm fascinated to find out how recent this is. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be, you know, it could be like last year. You just yeah. don't know. Uh, I've got to say a big thank you to Travis Alexander from Gulfport, Mississippi for suggesting this topic. Gulfport. He's not the guy who's a big kaiju fan, maybe. Am I saying that right? I think so. Kaiju means big monsters. Kaiju? 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 (laughs) Oh my goodness, I didn't know that. Might be wrong. Might mm, be wrong. Mm, I don't like the amount of times I've been glanced at. I don't know either. <laughs> I, can't, I just assume Jackson knows everything. That's fair. Yeah. It's funny having two of my friends who I think know everything on the <laughs> podcast at the same time. You can share the load today. Yeah, he knew it. So he nice. knew North Korea. You yeah. went straight I, yeah, in I was, there. I, was, I, was, I was lucky there. You proved me right. I think it's Kaiju. Hmm, I don't know. Well, uh, thank you so much too, Travis, for suggesting this topic because it turned out to be a wild ride. <laughs> Uh, So a very quick few sentence summary on the very complicated relationship between North and South Korea for a bit of backstory here. But I am by no means an expert and this is by no means uh, all encompassing. But here we go. So after World War II, Korea was divided into Soviet and US administered zones with the Soviet back North and the US back South. Okay. Following that? Yeah. Yeah, So at that point, Korea was one country? Well, before that had been occupied by Japan, but then they were... Part of the losing side of World War Two, right? Oh, yeah, right. Because they're very different countries now. Yeah, it makes sense that there I mean, would be a were, reason for that. Yeah, <laughs> it was a bit like Whoa. you know, at the end of uh, World War Two, they divided up Germany and Berlin. Yes, very similar to that. Only now Germany's got back together. Yes, yeah. that's right. But sadly, North Korea and uh, South Korea are still Remain divorced. Very yeah. divorced. <laughs> uh, the Soviets installed the dynamic young communist guerrilla Kim Il Sung, who became the first premier of North Korea. They put him in charge. What made him dynamic? Yeah. He was a young go-getter. Very charismatic guy. Okay. Great speaker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Pop colour. Yeah. He just... He had it. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? A sort of schwa de vie. Yeah. Certain... (laughs) How do you say? How do you say? You know what I'm saying? Je ne sais quoi. Yes. That's the word. Okay. All right. And I'm sure they use that in North Korea. Uh, (laughs) North and South then had a bitter war, both wanting control of the entirety of Korea. 
they're both like, this is, it's not North or South Korea, and still isn't. To them, they're both like, you're in our bit. Yeah, sure. Oh, That's right. why they're like the People's Democratic Republic of Korea and things like that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, this is known as the Korean War and raged for three years, lots and lots of death, until an armistice was signed in 1953. Technically just like a bit of a ceasefire type thing, but the tension was never really resolved. In the North, Kim Il-sung held onto power for more than 45 years, styling himself as supreme leader and controlling... Every element of his citizens' lives. Getting to choose your title would be sick. Yeah. Being like, what with? kind of leader am I? Like, no, Supreme is pretty good. It's it's the best kind of pizza. Have you got, yeah, you've got pizza menu, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, I'm the Capritosa leader. <laughs> I'm holding anchovies. Yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> that, yeah, that's that's good. So that's, that's the country's background. But for the purpose of this story, and just something that I found interesting when researching this, do you know that in Korea, surnames of the families are written first. For example, Kim Jong-il, his surname is Kim. Right. That's why the three people that have been dictator of Korea are all Kims. Uh, and they share that name. Family names weren't really a thing in Korea until Japan conquered them in the early 20th century. And the vast majority of Koreans chose from a handful of names. The most common being Kim, Lee, Park and Shin. Were they like names that somebody else had selected as options or were they just the ones that were popular? I think it was stuff like, you know, it meant like sacred or powerful, like these sort of... And you wanted to have a name with a statement. Oh, yeah, for sure. So they were the the common ones. And now these days, only 270 surnames are shared by 75 million Koreans. How many? 270. Right. So there's not that many options. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's why when my family chose our name, I think it was to get um, a similar sort of not powerful or sacred. It means star warden, but still, I think it, I think it says a lot of what they were going for. Yeah, you know, they they looked after that star <laughs> glamorously. Yeah, <laughs> I know my mum's surname Kramborg either means Castle of the Crows, which is great. That's, that's cool. That's badass. Yeah. Or garbage castle, depending on how you translate it, which is less cool. <laughs> Still pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. It either means that I guess people were like, their castle just sucks <laughs> shit. Like they, they or they real... made the most of it. Yeah, or if there's a lot they... of crows. I guess if you have a castle with a lot of garbage in front of it, it will attract crows. Could be both. So, yeah, so it could be both. Mm. Could be sort of depending on how you look at it. Yeah. Glass half empty sort of thing. <laughs> Okay, so we've got that back backstory bit out of the way, yeah, the context. So let's kick off this tale. Shin Sung Ok was born in Japanese occupied Korea in 1920. So from here out, I mostly call this guy Shin. Cool. It's his surname. He prospered during the golden age of South Korean cinema in the late 1950s and 60s, working prolifically as a director, often putting out two or more films per year. Right. That really, is prolific. That's, yeah. He was nicknamed the Prince of South Korean Cinema, and Oof. The Guardian refers to him as, to this day as the Orson Welles of South Korea, so really influential. Yeah, for sure. Uh, also smashing it during the Golden Age was uh, actress Che Yun-hee, and I apologise to any Korean listeners, uh, I did look up, so the, her name is spelt C-H-O-I, which often when I pronounced in Western languages is Choi, mm. but they apparently say, and I'm attempting this here, Chair. Right. So I'll refer to her as chair. Possibly sometimes I'll misread it as choi because it's hard to not look at it and <laughs> no, think choi. But that's who I'm talking about. And she was part of a trio of actresses at the forefront of South Korean cinema. She met the director Shin after she was cast in one of his films. They had black bean noodles 
and the rest is history. Oh, I love oh black bean noodles. Yum. What yes. a date. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I say the rest is history, but they have one of the most bizarre love stories you'll ever hear about, which we'll talk about. <laughs> uh, the couple married in 1954 and continued to work together on such films as The House Guest and My Mother. A Flower in Hell, <laughs> and The Memorial Gate for Virtuous Women. <laughs> These are great titles. Great titles. Yeah. I want to see all those Yeah, films. everyone evocative. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chair won many acting awards and Shin won many for directing. Together they founded Shin Film. Both very famous, they were the power couple of their day. That day sounded like an absolute power couple. Oh, yeah. huge power couple. Most famous director in the country. She's one of the most famous actors in the whole country. And together... They formed their own company. They also adopted a son and a daughter. Oh, that's great. So things were going well. Yeah. But Cher would later say that she and her husband was bad at expressing emotions. For example, they apparently never said, I love you, to one or the other. Mm. He was apparently a little too obsessed with his films... And things went from bad to worse when Shin was found to be cheating on his wife. With, with a film. <laughs> Just a raw canister of film. <laughs> I love you, baby. I love you. <laughs> you don't love me. <laughs> I love this virtuous young woman. The film. <laughs> Chair was pretty surprised. This is a quote from her. She was a young and inexperienced actress. How dare she challenge someone of my status? Oh, whoa. <laughs> That's why she was annoyed by it. Yeah. Like, Know your place. Look, if it was somebody better than <laughs> yeah, me, right. then that would have made sense. There's a power dynamic here. Get used to it. <laughs> uh, but Shin had two children with his mistress and Cher had enough and divorced Shin in 1976. So suddenly things not going so well uh, for after the power a couple. few decades, though. Yeah, they had some happy times. Had some good times. <laughs> had some good times. Uh, as well as suffering in their personal lives, the two also suffered in their professional lives in this period. South Korea's government was very conservative and authoritarian at the time, something I did not realise. Because these days, you've got North Korea, and we all know how strict a yep. crazy regime they are. But in South Korea, you're like, oh, they've got democracy. Yeah, yeah best flag in the world. They're so advanced. Oh, you love their it. Flag. Yeah, it's it good. Is. You're not anyone? No, but best in the world. Wow, that's, that's tricky. That's a claim. Yeah, it is a, it's a tough call, mm-hmm. but I think, I, I reckon it is. I mean, does it rival the Mozambique flag with an AK 47? Yeah, that's sick, mm-hmm. though. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like keeping it a little more simple than that. <laughs> I like a big, the big circle. Like Japan's flag's great. It's on, mm. in a similar sort of vibe. Which, yeah, is there any? Is that is there a connection? Is that because they used to be occupied by Japan? Yeah. Maybe I, I don't know. Question without notice. That's a good mm. uh, good possible theory. I like the simple ones because when you're a kid in primary school, which is the most common time you'll find yourself drawing your country's flag. <laughs> yeah. If you're in Japan, you've got it made. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. But if you're in Mozambique, you're drawing that AK-47. <laughs> yeah, that would true. be fun to draw. That would be fun. Ours sucks because it's oh. got the, you know, it's got the other country's flag in the corner. Yeah, yeah. No, actually, it's got three other countries' flags in the corner. Yeah, that's very true. And America, you're drawing fifty stars. And I mean, stars are hard to draw when yeah. you don't know the trick to drawing stars. You know. I saw the flag that the prime minister was standing in front of at a recent press conference. I noticed that the stars are made up of multiple triangles stitched together. Do we not have the technology just to cut out a star? <laughs> or is that part of what the official Australian flag have, has to be at Government House? I don't I'm, I'm know. asking you again, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> that, I, do, I don't quite... Do you mean like as in like how you draw a star, like a triangle over a triangle? Yeah, so there's multiple triangles, so you can see the stitching inside the star as well. That's it's amazing. Strange. That's ridiculous. I'm like, that. surely they can just get a machine to cut out a star to, now. Yeah, yeah. But is it written <laughs> in the sure. Constitution it has to be made up of <laughs> multiple triangles? Maybe. 
This is a weird sidetrack early. Yeah, but I'm intrigued. Because I'm also weirdly struggling to picture our flag for some (laughs) reason. That's not very Australian of me. Unpatriotic. Little un-Australian right now. Well, would you like a little explanation on the South Korean flag? Let's go down this tangent. Great. Yeah. Uh, The flags... This is from Wikipedia, so let's hope it's right. The flag's uh, field is white, a traditional colour in Korean culture. Okay. There you go. Uh, the colour represents peace and purity. That's nice. The circle in the centre represents balance in the in the universe. The red half, which is the upper half, if you can imagine it, uh, represents positive cosmic forces. Oh my god, I love this Whoa. flag. The blue half represents the opposing negative cosmic oh, forces. No. Shout out to the negative. Yeah, I like that. I like, but it's not on top. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's under control. It's, it's losing. Uh, together, the trigrams. Represent movement and harmony as fundamental principles. Each trigram represents uh, one of the four classical elements, as uh, described below. Whoa, this is a complex flag. Which can either mean heaven, sun, moon, and earth in English, or spring, autumn, winter, summer, or east, south, north, west, or father, daughter, son, mother. Or heaven, fire, (laughs) 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 or justice... Fruition, wisdom, and vitality. And ours is just like Britain used to own us. <laughs> sort of still does. That's top. That's top left. And here's a Southern Cross. Yeah, that's up in the sky from uh, you know that wall of Southern Hemisphere. Yeah. Um. Basically, it's that, blue. <laughs> and then blue sky. Yeah. There you go. Blue is blue. Yeah. Blue's a good color. <laughs> and it'll never change. I'd love it to change, but it, I think it's too hard to like New Zealand try to change theirs, and I think. Where even when the majority wants to change the flag, you can't get the majority to pick a new design. So the old design's always going to, if not the majority, will have more than any individual alternative Yeah, because there's 50 yeah. options. Yeah. And even if one of them gets 10%, that there's seems like a lot. There's enough people who yeah. are like, let's stick with the one we've got. But the AK-47 on the Mozambique, that's got to be new because we didn't always have an AK-47. That's true. So it worked once. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. How did they get there? I'm, I'm guessing it wasn't via a plebiscite. <laughs> Some sort of military coup. And it was sending a message to their former opponents, perhaps. Very possibly. Uh, That's so, a beautiful description of a flag. A beautiful flag. Yeah. It's a fantastic flag. I, I do. Now I'm looking at it. You're right. Top five for sure. Uh, South Korean's government was very conservative and authoritarian at the time and enforcing strict censorship and uh, constantly interfering with films being made. They didn't like the films Shin was making and the president at the time stepped in and shut down his film company and made it impossible for him to find work. So after making at least 60 movies in 20 years, Shin's career appeared to be over. His now ex-wife, Che, was also suffering in the political climate and found herself out of work and in debt. Oh, oh in debt. So it's not going well. Oh, it's, I mean, who, yeah, I don't know what, what kind of the economy was doing, how much... Their movie stars are getting paid, but it feels like after being in so many famous big films, mm-hmm. you shouldn't. You, sh- you should be cruising. Yeah, I think it's crazy that this feels like the low point in the story, but they've yet to be kidnapped to <laughs> <Yeah>. make <laughs> a monster movie. Well, you know? they'll look back with these times when they have poverty with uh, <laughs> rose-colored glasses. Let's just say that. <laughs> so, Chair was in serious debt when, in 1978, a wealthy filmmaker from a company called the Golden Tripod Film Company based in Hong Kong, asked to meet with her with the offer of a large sum of money to appear in one of their films. It seemed like a lifeline that she needed. The meeting would end up changing her life, but not in the way she hoped. 
She flew to Hong Kong for the meeting and was met at her hotel by a lady called Lee Sang-hee and Lee's young daughter. Lee was a shopping and tour guide and uh, took Chair out for the day and after the shopping and sights suggested that the three of them, Chair, Lee and Lee's daughter, go to a house near the beach owned by the filmmaker that had flown Chair out just no, to enjoy well, the nice. view. Beautiful. Sounds lovely. So Chair was on the beach playing with Lee's daughter when Lee yelled out, Hey, quickly, come over here. Chair approached and saw four large men standing by a speedboat. And before she knew it, one of the men wrestled her into the boat and Whoa. it took off. Oh, my God. Hey, you look over here. Boat. That's that's never good to hear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh okay. <laughs> yeah, what? should have oh been rolling God. on this. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. sounds like a Bond film or something. Yeah, my God. That would have been terrifying. Totally. And then she next awoke in a cargo ship, so she passed out for some reason. You would. She woke up with a, a doctor, and this is why she was passing out, a doctor giving her many injections. Oh, no. Drugging oh, her. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. And this lasted for eight days, so she'd wake up for a bit. Oh, that's be put terrifying. Back down. Yeah. Were the injections just like, like, like um, uh, what do you call them? Anesthetics or? Yeah, something to keep her knocked out or at least, you know, out of Plastic, her mind enough yeah. that wow. she just had no idea what was going on for over oh a week. God. Finally, they hit land, and as she wearily walked from the boat, Rugged up in a jacket, she saw the flashes of cameras going off all around her. Chair was used to this sensation from her experience on the red carpet, but she had barely any energy and was wondering what the hell's going on. Yeah. She looked up as she heard a deep voice in front of her. Thanks for coming, it said, when the man was holding out his hand. He said, I am Kim Jong-il, and Whoa. shook her hand. Whoa. When did Kim Jong-il get in? So he was around for... Quite a while. Well, so at that time, Kim Jong Il was the son of the Supreme Leader right. Kim Il Sung, and he was the heir apparent to North Korea. My God! And uh, he was being groomed up by his father to replace him for like a couple of decades before Kim Il Sung actually died. And Kim Jong Il, the son, assumed the title of Dear Leader and had a great deal of power in the country, but also got to enjoy himself a bit more because he wasn't actually yeah. Yeah. Seen as the supremely, he's just leading the, the deers, not, deer not the humans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, 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 uh, before this time and since the 1960s, Kim had been uh, director of the Motion Picture and Arts Division, part of the Propaganda and Agitation Department of North Korea, which they call something else. I will say, <laughs> yeah. nobody really calls their propaganda. Well, that's propaganda. Uh, yeah, <laughs> The Department for Greatness and being real good at a country. Being the best country <laughs> in the world, check it out. Uh, Kim saw himself as an artist and a film buff. And in 1973, he had even published a book called On the Art of Cinema. Oh, wow. Are copies of that book available? <laughs> what a read. Apparently, it is the uh, preeminent book on North Korean filmmaking. <gasps> I don't think they let no. many people publish books <laughs> over there. My God. Chair at this time was uh, very confused as to why she'd been brought to North Korea. Yeah, uh, you would be. Yeah, that, that checks S- out. Suddenly, she's just talking to, and he's a famous guy, so she knows who he is. Yeah, it's but, it's it, it, it's ho- so hard to fathom. Imagine somebody's like, "Hey, come to you know Hong Kong. Do you do go on for us? <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna pay you a great deal of money. Wrestled into a speedboat." Kim Jong-un's like, great, you're doing it for North Korea now. Isn't Yeah, isn't that... You wonder if they just asked her. She wasn't making movies anymore. Yeah, no, I... It's, and it sounds like it cost... They had to buy the four large men. Yeah. You know, they don't come cheap. <laughs> Speedboat, cargo ship. Why not just use that money yeah. to pay her to be in the movie? Or do they try that? Because <laughs> it feels like you would get better... 
You, you get a more cooperative actor. Yeah, you're. At, I reckon you'll get a better performance <laughs> mm. out of someone who wants to be there and isn't hasn't been drugged for a week. There's so many weird week. steps. Like if you're if you're in, having them come to your country to just be like, hey, be in my movies. Maybe like drugging them. Like I don't know. Kim Jong Il's reaction doesn't seem like. You know what I mean? Like if she wasn't drugged, he wouldn't know the difference. Kind of. Right. Yeah. yeah he was just like. Thanks for coming. Yeah, like thanks she for coming. Hadn't been drugged. Yeah. Took a hand. Great to meet you. I'm Kim Jong Il. Yeah, like which is not like I mean, but I guess if you're Kim Jong Il, you know, yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. This is wild. Stuff. I gotta tell you, it is a crazy, crazy story. So she's in North Korea, but no one knows what's happened to her. Hong Kong police were called to Chair's hotel after she disappeared and failed to pay her bill. They were like, "Where is this lady?" <laughs> they discovered her hotel room completely as she left it. Clothes, makeup, still out. It didn't look like someone who had done a runner. They were immediately suspicious that something weird had happened. Well, yeah. A copy of one of Shin, her ex-husband's film scripts called A Woman Slave Ship, was discovered in her supposed tour guide Lee Sang-hee's room. She also didn't come back to pay her bill, so they searched her room. Mm -hmm. Discovered a script as well as a one-way boarding pass from North Korea to Hong Kong. And that's when people were like, huh, (laughs) this is weird. Hey, a clue. Yeah, oh. that, why has that clue been left there? <laughs> yeah. You think that they'd be better at covering up this sort of international yeah. espionage stuff, yeah. don't you? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, back in South Korea, uh, Shin Sang-ok heard that his ex-wife was missing and immediately flew to Hong Kong to search for her, assuring their children that he would find her and bring her back. Yeah. Whoa. Because as a director, also- he's, he's very good at searching yeah. Hong Kong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dad, I think should you not like Interpol? No, I'll do it myself. I'll just it. me. I've seen a few movies about spies. <laughs> yeah, I've made a few movies yeah. about spies. Right. I can figure it out. It's if not I was, hard. If I was to write this next scene, I know where I'd find him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when he got there, there, he was interviewed by police, telling them that he thought Cher had been abducted by North Korean operatives. He was fearful that he might uh, become kidnapped himself, so he asked for a police guard. It's not clear if he actually got one. Okay, but he was. Pretty spooked. Right, rightfully so. But he did go to Hong Kong. Is there a level of arrogance to assuming that you're so good you'll get kidnapped by a dictatorship? <laughs> well, they <laughs> kidnapped my ex-wife. Well, that's true. Surely they, Surely they like, would want my incredible directing skills. I mean, I'm probably slightly more famous than her. So. <laughs> he starts hanging around speedboats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. God, I could easily fall into this. You just pushed me a little bit. If somebody huh? said, Large hey, look man. over here, I would. So. <laughs> <You're just laughs> look, I already am. <laughs> looking over here. Winking at large men on the street. <laughs> Uh, Shin started doing some of his own investigating and reached out to a local contact. His old friend and former business partner, a man named Kim Kuha. Uh, had a crack there. Uh, the two <laughs> met up. But what Shin didn't really know was that Kim Kuha was also secretly a North Korean agent. Oh, my God. His That's friend and former business partner. Wow. wow. How long has this been in the works? <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't know. Has it been undercover? Is it- yeah, like, are they... Pl- is this? Is this... Was like a spur of the moment thing? Because I think like he's just seen like, oh, my mate lives in Hong Kong. I'll, se- I'll ask him if he's heard anything. Yeah, Turns yeah. out that guy is actually also... <laughs> that was the plan all along. Imagine, the long game. Yeah. Uh, Shin's children lost contact with their father and then the newspaper started reporting that he too was missing. Oh, my God. Newspapers speculated, had the couple both defected to work in North Korea together or had Shin been killed by the South Korean government to stop him from making future controversial films. Rumour Mill went into overdrive. 
it would be years before the truth was known. And that was that Shin had met his old friend and former business partner, Kim Kuha, without knowing that he was a North Korean operative. Kim had taken Shin out to Hong Kong Island when their car suddenly stopped and three men got in wearing long wigs. <laughs> Which... Is funny. What? <laughs> like, I'm sort of going into cover as like a Led Zeppelin cover mm-hmm. band or something. I don't ZZ know. Top. <laughs> That's yeah, what they're doing. Uh, one of them put a bag over Shin's head and forced him to inhale chloroform, and he was blacked out. Whoa! Oh, in, yeah, right. That's that'll yeah. do it to you. That'll take you out. They're, yeah. so, they're so elaborate in their like kidnapping attempts. Like I keep thinking about the speedboat. Yeah, and I'm like, if the speedboat's going to a cargo ship. Just start with the cargo ship, you know? Well, just bring it to a dock. <laughs> yeah. Put it on the cargo you could ship. be like, hey, let's. there's a cool ship thing down at the docks. Yeah. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah, she would have just said, sure, or anything. Yeah, it feels like that the kidnappers specifically keep putting stuff on the dock at like, oh, we'll need a speedboat. Yeah. <laughs> we'll need some wigs for this yeah. kidnapping. I really like some Ray-Bans. Yeah. I think my, uh, my character, which I'm calling him, <laughs> would wear Ray-Bans. Yeah. Totally, they should have just said, oh, that's why it doesn't make it, why not just say we're shooting in North Korea? Maybe that would have been a bit too sus, but we're shooting on a cargo well, ship uh, as possible. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, well, I think, I think maybe it's, I think, I don't know why I went cockney for a second. There. <laughs> um, I, th- I reckon it's, it's the kind of thing where maybe Kim Jong-il's like, I want them forever, you know? Right. Oh, but you're, sa- you're saying like, Come film in North Korea and they come there and then they don't get to leave. Yeah. 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 That does seem clever. Or you or you just treat them so well that they want to come back as required. If they were like Matt Stewart, can you come to North Korea and do your comedy? Would you go? Uh, <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Well, you probably could come and go, but I think, especially back at this time, South Koreans once you went to North Korea, you're not allowed back. Right. You're seen as a real traitor. Mm. Oh, you get uh, like legit could be jailed. Oh wow! Right, okay. For defecting, gotcha. essentially. So it, it would be difficult to do a movie there and then come back and like go home. <laughs> yeah. Are you suggesting I'm a bit naive to 1970s <laughs> Korean politics? Because you're wrong. <laughs> so he's now disappeared as well. He's been abducted by men in wigs. Meanwhile, Chair had been taken in North Korea to a Western-style house. Quite a nice villa, with no idea what was to become of her. At the at the time, she was worried that she'd been she'd be offered as a gift to the country's leader Kim Il Sung. Oh, that's was, not a nice. Yeah, that phrase. sucks. That's fair. Because she's like, I'm a very famous South Korean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like you know, movie like star. Like a gift, like a what, like, like a, a bride, like a pet or something. Yeah. No, like a bride like type op- thing. <laughs> oh my like god. Like a concubine type mm. sort of thing. That's fucked. Yeah. Gross. Oh yeah, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was summoned to meet his son, uh, Kim Jong-il, a few days later. Kim Jong-il was a five-foot-two man who wore five-inch platform heels and combed <laughs> his hair up to make himself appear, appear taller. That rolls. And I really dig that because yeah. uh, I, I'm wearing my uh, boots right now with mm-hmm. a bit of a heel. My hair's going right up. <laughs> yeah. I'm, does I'm, high, I'm does, relating to this guy. Does it work like a high hair? Are you like, huh? wow, that guy's... Yeah. <laughs> Trump, think, Trump does a bit of that, doesn't he? He has heels and high hair. Yeah, yeah but I think true. he is also like six foot six or something. Yeah, he just wants to really <laughs> yeah, he wants get up high. Yeah, he wants to be eight foot tall. <laughs> he's six six. He's, he's pretty That's tall. tall. I think he might be the... Him and Abraham Lincoln are the tallest ever US and it, president. And Abe had a big hat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Abe, he, Abe was tall. Yeah. If you told me Abe Lincoln was like eight foot, I wouldn't have shocked me. <laughs> 
Let's let's look it up. I Who, am picturing an Abraham uh, lookalike on stilts, though. I, for some reason... That's some sort of July 4th <laughs> yeah, yeah. celebration. Oh, yeah, fair. For some reason, I'm picturing Abraham Lincoln in a bath, and he's, like, so big that his <laughs> knees are, like, really high up, but he's still wearing the hat. I also just realised I was actually picturing uh, the Uncle Sam, I want you guy. <laughs> They're not that far off each other. Also, that guy could be as tall as you want because he doesn't exist, right? Which, yeah. which American president was Uncle Sam? <laughs> That's the question. All right, so here we go. The tallest ever US president is Abraham Lincoln at 193 centimeters tall, six foot four. Then Lyndon B. Johnson, six foot three and a half, 192. Then Donald Trump, who is six foot three or 191. So his his plan, in my mind, is six six because yeah, of the shoes right. and it's the hair. Working. Yeah. That's the craziest It's got a lot part. of volume in that hair. If I was the littlest president, I'd make that part of my campaign. Oh, that sounds like an old school film. Elect the Littlest me, President. The littlest and president. it's a movie about a little dog who somehow <laughs> yeah. becomes president. <laughs> what do you say, President Woofs? <laughs> He's got my Right vote. away, sir. <laughs> That sounds like a film directed by the auteur Robert Vince. Yeah, <laughs> Robert Vince could make something like that. Uh, the shortest president at 163 or 5 foot 4. So, Kim Jong-il would have been the shortest US president ever. That rolls. Uh, which I imagine was his goal in life. <laughs> uh, the shortest ever is James Madison, 5 foot 4. Whoa. That's a little, but it's not as little as I want. The fourth president. Yeah, 5 4 is still... It's, 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 it's admirable. And cha- heights change, you know. Ruckman in the AFL in the 70s were six foot. Yeah. Now they're like close to seven foot. Well, Whoa. that makes you think that Abraham Lincoln must have been a very tall man. So mm. tall back Gargan then. Gargan He would, yeah, he would have been a big Ruckman <laughs> in his day. <laughs> when was he around? 1850s, is his, or 1865 he finished his presidency. Oh, right. So he was yeah. there at the, 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 b- the beginning of the... Of Aussie Rules football. <laughs> That's true. He would have been huge. He loved wrestling people, didn't he, Abe Lincoln? Oh, yeah. I, I think he loved so. picking people WWE. up and throwing them. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's my thoughts about Abe Lincoln. You're thinking of uh, Andre the Giant. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Damn. So, Kim Jong-il, is a, he was a five foot two short man. But um, one of the first things... He, I bring this up because one of the first things he said to Cher, in uh, her words, quoting him was... <laughs> this is one of the first things he said to her is, Look at me. Aren't I small like a midget stoat? <laughs> What? <laughs> Who's quoted him saying that? Uh, chair, when she first met him, his way, which was uh, everyone in the room started laughing, including Chair, and it was Kim's way of breaking the ice. <laughs> Job done. So she's yeah, like terrified broken. for her life, but so taken aback by this comment from everyone knows in South Korea, especially knows who this guy is. Pretty fearful of uh, him and his father. Yeah. And then he says, aren't I small like a midget's turd? And she's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. What? What would you? I guess. Yeah, I know. I'd say not. No, not not really. I don't know if the turd would that's be a any. Few, that's a big and like any even an elephant. A human is a huge turd. Yeah, you're a massive turd, Kim Jong. <laughs> the size of the turd <laughs> wouldn't change depending on the height of the human, or, Kim Jong. Also, that is like the kind of question you're like. Are you asking this to trip me up? Yeah. Like, am I supposed to yeah. say yes and I get executed? Or I say no and I get executed? <laughs> like, what do I say to that? You just, well, if the crowd's laughing, you laugh. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Are you? And then Throw if he back. stops laughing, if he stops smiling, then you stop laughing. <laughs> yeah. Well, the chair was afraid that this turd still might hurt her, but he was very kind and treated her with respect. He told her of his love of cinema, showing off that he had a projector room in every house he had so he could watch films at any time. He took her to every house, one after the other. <laughs> yeah, I know, I'm 
Telling the truth, every house has got a projector room. Yeah, I believe you. No, but well, let's go to the next one. We've been to 15 houses, Kim. We've got to fly up north, but yeah. I, I, you got to see it. It's the same as this. you got to see this projector. Once yeah. you see them all, you get a sense of the scope. <laughs> really. You currently, How not, much? You don't really understand. How much I love cinema. <laughs> I'm a cinephile. Well, it's been claimed over the years that he had a collection of over 15,000 films, which in the late 70s yeah. was crazy. Uh, the films weren't just propaganda films either. He also loved Hollywood movies, something that his subjects were forbidden from watching. Ah. So well, they're, not, they're not allowed to watch it, but he's loving James Bond. What a hypocrite. Yeah, rude. He really loved uh, uh, Shirley Temple's film, <laughs> The Midget's Turd. <laughs> I think that's where he got that gag I think from. That's where he, watching that, he's like, I know what I'll say to her. Maybe Jackie's he, got staff writers, like a comedy writing team. Oh, maybe. Writing little zingers? Writing zingers for Kim Jong-un. Ill, sorry. Apparently, because his father, I said, was that uh, dynamic, very charismatic guy. Kim Jong-il was not like that at all. So his father would be a great public speaker. That was how often he whipped people up into a frenzy. Kim Jong-il hated public speaking. So his father had, used to have this tradition of uh, doing Christmas Eve, do, no, Christmas Day, big speech. On the radio, people listen to all that stuff. Kim Jong-il did not like that, so instead he just published articles in three newspapers. He published his Christmas message because he just hated public <laughs> speaking. So I would not be surprised if he did have people writing. That's amazing. For him. But apparently his father, like he's one of those people that walks into every room yeah. and it's just like, you're like, whoa. Well, obviously skips a generation because his grandson's got it as well. <laughs> oh, he has got it. <laughs> he's got the it factor. Absolutely. Uh, Kim also explained to Chair that North Korean cinema just didn't cut it in comparison to these foreign films. He ordered his staff to make sure Chair was shown a Soviet film from the 50s called The... Uh, <laughs> what have I written here? The Firsty First. That is not wrong. <laughs> That's not right. Uh, the 31st, I should say. Maybe. Is that what it is? <laughs> anyway, it's a Soviet film where a woman shoots her lover as he tries to escape and in, in her eyes defect. Cher knew that that was Kim's way of telling her that he'd kill her if she tried to betray him. That's what clever. an elaborate way of yeah. telling her. <laughs> I wouldn't have got that. <laughs> I'd have been like, it's, yeah, it's good. Kim. Great, yeah. loved it. Loved that final scene. He's like, what did you think? <laughs> um. uh, Kim took Cher to the opera to watch propaganda-filled performances. She was also made to read books on communism and North Korean ideology. She did as she was told, doing so to stay alive. Oh. He's trying to Reading. brainwash her, but she's just it's, like this nodding. Is, this is a funny podcast where you forget you're talking about an awful yeah. thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> These were people. But also you're like reading a book to stay alive, you know? <laughs> yeah. My gosh. It's, uh, yeah, holy shit. Uh, but one thing, and I like to... I like to pull out these little bit glimmers of hope. Yeah. The fact that we know from her account what he called himself as a joke means she survived to tell the tale. That's true. That's true. Or at least wrote it down at some point. Yes. Yeah. And got it out on a on a Kim Jong told a great joke when I first arrived. <laughs> Actually, wow. Sounds more like propaganda. Although the fact that you're calling it a great joke <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm going that far. Yeah, look, that's fair. Maybe it worked on me. <laughs> Comedy doesn't age well. That was great get, great material in the 70s. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you'd get away with it today, to be honest, Dave. No. That's why I was very uh, very happy to stress that that was Kim Jong-il's words because, mm-hmm. to be honest, he's not, already not a very popular guy. <laughs> I don't think I could get him cancelled even from here. <laughs> well, I think um, Life did that anyway, didn't he? Don't jump ahead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
Nah, he'll live forever. Well, <laughs> I think he's supreme leader for life, co-supreme leader for life with his dad. <laughs> uh, so that's Cher. She's being uh, brainwashed. Shin, her ex-husband, awoke from his drugging and he too found himself on a boat. He asked to see his wife, Cher, but they told him they did not know if she was dead or alive. He too was taken to North Korea, and but instead of going to a villa, he was held in a detention centre for six months, convinced he was about to die. They tried to brainwash him with party ideology and told him that the country's founder, Kim Il-sung, was a revolutionary hero. All the usual party propaganda stuff. And Shin went along with it, knowing that if he challenged it, he'd probably be killed. Mm. Like his captor, Shin was also a film obsessive. He fantasized about escaping like the characters in The Great Escape, a film where the escape doesn't go so well. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Still, Shin gave it a go. And one day, he grabbed a bike and rode away and then stowed away on the roof of a train. He didn't know where it was going. He just wanted it to take him away. Sadly, he discovered that the train was just going around and around in a circle. He stayed on the roof and fell asleep, but a conductor discovered his legs dangling over the side. (laughs) He was caught, arrested and interrogated before being placed in solitary confinement at a place known as Camp Number 6, where political criminals were kept. He lived on a diet of grass, salt and rice. Oh, Oh, jeez, it got better as you went. (laughs) (laughs) Oh like, like God, salt and rice. I'm actually that, that's not so bad. <laughs> yeah, that's, the that's grass. Funny you started. I, was, I would you assume yeah, it was going to get worse? Yeah, I was like, oh rice, oh rice, okay. salt on, and sprinkled salt on top, flavored. Yes, Lucky. and now the grass <laughs> sounds pretty good. Yeah, it's just like a bit nice of color. Company, yeah. yeah, that's good. Uh, not so nice. He later said, uh, which again, he later said. Yeah, that's okay. good to hear. Just making Matt feel better about this. And who is who is this guy? This is uh, Shin, the famous director that's gone oh, to look for his ex-wife. Right. Also kidnapped, but he's actually been sent to a detention center. I I was daydreaming as you started this uh, section. <laughs> oh right. And that was the key moment. <laughs> so I'm like, is this a new character? <laughs> Only two kidnapped Were people in the story. About salt and rice. Is that yeah. what's happening? Yeah, going. Okay. <laughs> really go Ooh. for some of that. Salty rice, mm, yes, please. Buffalo. <laughs> he later said, Tasting bile all of the time, I experienced the limit of human beings. And uh, this is quoting from Paul Fisher's book, A Kim Jong-il Production. Oh. Uh, Shin was crammed into a solitary cell barely big enough to lie down in, with one tiny slit of a window high up on the wall and thick steel bars across it. Bugs teamed through cracks in the floor. Oh. Except for a 30-minute lunch break and a 10-minute supper, and a 30-minute 30 uh, minute sunning period during the day, he spent all day head bowed and motionless, absolutely rock still, or would suffer even greater punishment. So he couldn't even oh, move all day long. Oh, my God. Damn. Shin decided that in order to survive, he had to pretend to be a loyal party follower. He wrote letters proclaiming his love for the great leader Kim Il-sung and wrote that he would direct films for the country and even wrote down potential ideas and plots. He was trying to win the party's trust. He remained imprisoned in these conditions for over four years. Wow. So why? So he was kidnapped? Oh. Yep. So they just to be punished? No, we'll get to why. We'll get to it. Why are they punished? Like, why kidnap? It's just, well, now you're you just taking to up make a jail film cell. Eventually, yeah. Why put him in the cell yeah. for four years? Well, it made, it made him turn around. He realized immediately, uh, my ticket out of here is if I offer my services. Yeah, yeah I reckon okay. they, he sounds like he realized that 
you know, well before Pretty the fight, probably would have a month would have been heaps. What does that do to the body as well? Having to stay still for that long and eating only like a diet of mm. salt and can't rice be and good for broth. your posture. He lost a lot of weight. Yeah. Wow. Uh, meanwhile, rumors at home spread that Chin had been involved in his ex-wife's disappearance and perhaps that he'd willingly defected to North Korea. Oh, how frustrating would that be? And so apparently, his kids were treated badly, like <sighs> that. Your dad is. A traitor, and people didn't want to talk to him and stuff. Your mum, though, she's great. <laughs> well, okay, neither of those are my fault. So, how about you just treat me normally? <laughs> Is, was it a, like a thing of people defecting to North Korea? It doesn't seem like a place you really would want to defect. No, to. not often, and they were known to kidnap people too. Yeah, so. it seems crazy to be like they wanted to go. I just don't get that. I mean, it, it is wild for me to be like. Some of these wild, you know, crazy dictators seem like they're not making <laughs> sensible decisions. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> so he is having an absolutely horrific time. Chair, his ex-wife, passed the time with their only real freedom and creative output, and that was through gardening. She built a veggie patch. So she's in much better conditions, but still, mm. no freedom. So oh, it's yeah. not, not great. You'd, t- you'd choose it of the two. Yes. Yeah, you choose it. And but also, if, if and you had a third option, neither, you, I'd take that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do, do you get grass? <laughs> well, she's gardening. Yes. You can eat gri- grass and rice and salt at home. So <laughs> I reckon I'm having that tonight. <laughs> what kind of grass? I don't know. I don't think it would taste terrible. Could it be spinach? Spinach isn't a grass. That's oh, a leaf. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. Come on. Come on, mate. How thick can these blades be? you got to go outside, snip it with some scissors, put it in your oh, rice. Oh, so you're just like a cooch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is my favourite named of grass. Mm. Oh, That's a cooch. thick grass, isn't it? The cooch. I, I, guess I don't know. So. I'm not part of any um, grass forums. Don't you have friends, Matt, that are part yeah, of I've Facebook got, groups got dedicated? So, you know when your friends are in... In groups and they're posting on things, so you yeah. see it, yeah. even though you've got no connection to it. There's multiple friends in the uh, Lawnspiration <laughs> Facebook <Lawnspiration>. group. Lawnspiration. <laughs> oh, I couldn't believe it when you told me. It's just they're, they're, so they're posting photos, <laughs> talking tips to each other. Wow. Yeah, it's a real... That's great. That's nice, though. Yeah, I think so. It's sort of, I think, yeah, it's, it's a funny thing. And, um, yeah, some of these, you know, it's just like them edging towards... Gardening, yeah, <laughs> but I don't know. Like, flowers are for girls. <laughs> I'll do some, but grass, grass, grass. You know that's where you can play cricket and footy. <laughs> My God, but you know, like guys like us, we love, we love grass. We love F- grass. Fellas love grass. Yeah, but I, my favorite is. A plant that bears fruit. Oh, yeah. Look, I have to say, my if I'm picking of the plants, yeah, yeah. if it's popping a fruit off, yeah. I'm a fan. <laughs> hey, <laughs> oh, like, like a little capsicum tree. Ooh. I don't know if you call a capsicum a, a, a fruit. It's got seeds in it and, yeah. and a flesh. I if call it a fruit. Whether or not technically it's a fruit in my mind <laughs> and my heart. Yeah, that's where it really counts. Absolutely. We're starting to slip into getting fruity with Matt and the boys territory here, so... Yeah. Drag us back to this grim tale you're telling us, Dave. <laughs> well, I can talk about uh, her veggie patch that uh, Chair built next to her house and she became like almost like a farmer. She lived uh, like this for years, missing her friends and family, none of which knew what had become of her. Also, worth pointing out, she doesn't know that her ex-husband's even looking for her. He doesn't know where she is, so they don't know Are anything. you still saying he's looking for her? <laughs> when he's in solitary confinement for four probably. years. Well, they don't know that the only person that they know in the, all of North Korea is like their ex-partner. They don't know that the other one's even alive. Right. Which is just weird. Yeah. Then one day, so this 
she's also there for four years. One day, a car came to take her to Kim Jong-il's house. Kim told her that it was his birthday party and a family affair. At the party, Choi looked up, or Chair looked up, to the other side of the room and saw someone she never thought she'd see again. Almost as if looking at a ghost, she was staring at her ex-husband, Shin. She went up to him and just kept asking, What happened to you? What happened to you? But Shin stayed silent and just smiled back. I'm imagining that at this time... Shin is a little traumatized. Yes, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And you can't, you don't want to say the wrong thing or like act excited and draw attention to yourself. Yeah. Oh, he'd be, you'd oh do, my you'd God. be you wouldn't be the same. And no. he also apparently looked like shit. He was very yeah. thin. You, maybe he was thinking, Che, that's a little rude. Yeah. <laughs> what, what happened to you? All right. <laughs> okay. Well, right. It's, it's quite a bit. And <laughs> I don't know if really the time to tell you. Yeah. Have you been eating the grass here? <laughs> Then, like a madman, Kim Jong-il introduced the couple to the rest of the room. He said, This is Director Shin, our new film advisor, and this is Miss Chair, the mother of Korea. Wow. wow. Is that the first time he'd heard, she'd heard him refer to her like that? Yeah. They were both like, what, what is he talking about? What would that mean? I would what? be so scared. He's like, I've just been locked up in one of your prisons for like over four years, and now I'm your director. <laughs> I'm your film advisor. What? And should, what, is, what does that mean for her? The mother? Mother of Korea? Yeah. yeah. What? They're going to make her bear children? Or just figuratively, is she some sort of a new mother figure? New mother figure, I think. I hope. But, I mean, it's hard. You were in that moment, you would not know. It's one of the, uh, basically every time he made an announcement, I think everyone was just like, very good. Yeah, great, great. <laughs> just clapping, a lot of clapping. Uh, Chair and Shin were happy to be reunited and shared stories of what had happened to them over the previous near five years. They were very re- relieved and uh, they both finally had someone that they could trust. Before this, there's no one you can yeah, trust there. Yeah. They spoke of their longing, this is very quietly of course, to leave North Korea and they decided that they should do so together. Shin said to Chair that if they were to escape, the world would never believe their story without proof. So they bravely decided to record and document what was happening to them. Whoa. And uh, this is extremely badass. Chair snuck a small tape recorder into her purse. And before she went in to speak to Kim about what he wanted with the pair, she hit record. Holy shit. Whoa. Recording Kim or any part of uh, party business was an offense that carried the death penalty. So she was risking certain death if they found out she was recording it. But because she was such a badass, recordings exist of their conversation with Kim. <laughs> That's nuts. Oh, my God. Kim blamed misunderstandings by thoughtless officials for their unfriendly four-year North Korean imprisonment and suffering. Oh, it's a bit of a misunderstanding. <laughs> We assume that's what you wanted. Which he referred to as their... Sorry about that. Welcome. Sorry about that. He's like, I've been like nearly dead for four and a half years. Sorry about that. Welcome. Yeah, I'm so sorry about that. a bit of a rocky start. Yeah. Can I just... Um, that's... That wouldn't have been my choice. Yeah. I, whoops. I'm sorry. I, I'm going to have someone's head over this. <laughs> Honestly, I said really give him a beautiful welcome. Yeah. And it sounds like that has not happened. It sounds like that's not... That's, that didn't... Was that not your that's experience? That's not what you... Exp- you it four years four years four years yeah. wow time flies hey <laughs> I mean well it's good to have some time alone is that the way you're <laughs> is that how no? you're coming out of it okay your eyes are saying no mm-hmm. can yeah, I offer you some grass yeah eat any good grass though while you're in the because I I love grass I hear the grass is good <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I've never tried it but anyway you're here now 
Quoting, fr- quoting from The Guardian here, Kim also apologised for taking so long to get back to them personally, saying it had been a busy time at the office. <laughs> How insane is that? He's been in a, polit- a political prison for over four years. Sorry about that. I got Absolutely a bit busy. Absolutely snowed under. You should see my intro. Oh, wow. my God. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> uh, he even took some responsibility, which is amazing for him, because he would never do that, by saying he told his staff that he wanted the couple to be brought to North Korea, but not why. Which the couple themselves were still confused, and after and so after five years, he finally explained his plan to them. Kim was unsatisfied with the films made in North Korea, bemoaning the fact that they all followed the same ideological plots. Bit of a weird thing to complain about in a uh, yeah, dictatorship, dictatorship sure, yeah, that you're in right. charge of. Yeah, I'm f- I force them to follow those plots, but I don't like that they That's do. Not good. Yeah, I get a bit sick of them. I don't know. He said to them, quote, their works have the same expressions, redundancies, the same old plots. All our movies are filled with crying and sobbing. This isn't a funeral. I didn't order them to portray that kind of thing. End quote. <laughs> he complained that South Korea had very advanced technology and that his people uh, were very close-minded in comparison. Funny yeah, that. Yeah, I wonder why, dude. He was also upset that none of the North Korean films made it to international film festivals <laughs> and got any respect. <laughs> He told them face-to-face, and this is on the recording, quote, I asked my advisor, who's the best director in the South? He said that his name is Shin. How could we persuade him to come here? How could I lure the director Shin? It was only then that they realised that Che had been kidnapped all those years earlier to act as bait for her husband, Shin. Whoa. And they just never... So they used her as bait and... Never followed through with it, or yeah, well, that's what they got busy at the office. Yeah, oh my god, stuff came up. I've this got, is bizarre. I've got so many weird plots on the go. I can't be. <laughs> I pay attention to all of I them. God, yeah, I can't be expected to come back within within five years. That was my plan. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you, I nearly and you nearly died and starved to death at the prison, but you didn't. And now let's make some movies. You remember when you you I don't know you you forget you left the stove on or you left a window open and you're like oh. <gasps> That's what he felt. <laughs> yeah. He woke up, Shin, Shin. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, shit. He just called someone, is Shin still alive? <laughs> and uh, so his plan was he wanted the couple to make films for him, to let North Korea shine on the world stage. Well, it's um, another little glimmer of hope because it hasn't. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, uh, before they started working together again, Kim also encouraged the couple to remarry. Which they did. Oh, yeah, of course. So now they're husband and wife I don't know, again. Kim. I'm, yeah, I don't know if I have the sparks there anymore. <laughs> He's like, I preferred it when you were a power couple. Can we get that <laughs> happening again? He would have been a nightmare with the wedding planner. <laughs> Every little decision. <laughs> you don't want to stuff up the, the bouquet. We were thinking pink flowers. No, 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 oh, no, no. No, you weren't. No, oh, I God. wasn't. You're right. <laughs> no, what was I thinking again? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Pink is a sign of weakness yeah. in the south. I mean, the north. Oh, no. Oh, God. I've said the wrong one. <laughs> This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. 
system. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library, and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching! <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalized results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI... Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. (laughs) And edit it. (laughs) Hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music, or eBooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. (laughs) (laughs) And you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Oh, they also got... So then they're... They're married. They got to work making films with money being no object. Before that, in South Korea, the te- was an technology was uh, better, but yeah, money was an object and Shin mm. was often scraping around to try and get people to back his film. So in a weird way, he, he can now make movies with no budget constraints. Yeah. He just can't leave. It was a bit of a monkey paw situation. Yeah, like, <laughs> I know, exactly. Ah. I wish for unlimited money for movies. <laughs> this really backfired. Yeah, this is not how I wanted that to happen. Uh, Shin worked as director and his own camera operator, with Chair being his assistant director. They worked day and night to crank out films, and in just under two and a half years, they made 17 movies. Whoa. They were allowed to expand their subject matter from films that were obvious propaganda. So before this, nearly everything... (laughs) Funny they weren't doing well at international (laughs) film festivals. This was all about how great North Korea was. Before this, North Korean films were always on a, a similar theme of loyalty, dedication to hard work, and nearly always had the main character die for the party or die for the great leader. But Kim supported the couple to make the films that they wanted to make. So for the first time, they made films with real love stories. So before that, there were no love stories in these movies. Oh. Uh, having said that, though, their first film was called Emissary of No Return and was based on Bloody Conference a play allegedly written by the country's leader, Kim Il-sung, during his guerrilla years. <laughs> he just wrote a play on the side. <laughs> Shin asked Kim to let them make films that would appeal internationally and not just to North Koreans, and Kim was like, that's a great idea. I love it. <laughs> the couple were allowed to travel to make the films, which was also very rare for anyone in North Korea, but they yeah. were only allowed to travel to Eastern Bloc countries that shared their country's communist ideologies. Okay. Basically the ones that are hardest to escape from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, damn. Damn, that's a shame. <laughs> but because of this, photos of the two South Koreans were published in newspapers and in the pictures they looked like they were having a good time. So people started to believe, see, uh, they have defected to North Korea. They're having they're a good time. They're loving it. Maybe it's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's good propaganda. <laughs> yeah. Like there's one photo they went to China to film along the Great Wall and they're on a camel and they're smiling and people were like, huh? They're happy. Sure, they've disappeared for five years, but now they're having a great time. So... Hard not to smile on a camel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> on the Great Wall. You, you yeah. try. Whoa, that thing's oh, beautiful. <laughs> uh, Shin and Cher experimented with musicals, including a film called Love, Love, My Love. Oh, yes. <laughs> what a title. 
Based on so the, they went from no love stories to, to <laughs> love, love, my love. <laughs> Too much love. Kim's like, I love it. <laughs> Another film, Runaway, uh, featured North Korean covers of ABBA songs. Oh, that sounds amazing. So yeah, they're really, they are honestly changing the culture of the country. Yeah. Because before had... that, none of that was happening. Were the, were the people loving it? Yeah, well, yeah. I was yeah, no, that, yeah, they were going well, yep. Yeah. I mean, it would if you I, just if I, all of the movies you'd watched up to that point had been like story. North Korea is great. I've been shot by North Korea, <laughs> yeah. by the, our enemies, and, then and like, I'm glad. Abba, <laughs> oh. yeah. whoa, music! People smiling. This is great. Dancing Queen, only yeah. seventeen. What? Oh my god! Uh, the next film called Salt. Oh yeah, on rice. <laughs> oh, no. What is what are dictators' obsession with salt? I don't know. It's it's a sad on its own. It's I get it. It's got the energy of a dictatorship <laughs> when it's by itself. That Pepper doesn't share. Hmm. 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 Uh, the film pushed the boundaries as the film opens with a quote from the Bible. Oh. Uh, for the first time in history of the North Korean cinema where only quotations from Kim Il Sung were typical before. Right. We've got a quote from the Bible. Yeah, push and, the envelope. And uh, what a quote. This is it. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness... How can it be made salty again? <laughs> the Bible is a good book. No. It is a very good a book. lesson for every situation. I've been thinking about that question all weekend. <laughs> There's a lot in that. If the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? You well, sure, Kim John? <laughs> didn't, didn't, that's what my mind yeah, that's Kim Ul. Ul, I mean, there, I say there's a quote from the Bible. There was a possibility that he claimed that he wrote the Bible. I don't know. <laughs> uh, the film received good reviews and uh, internationally. Which was amazing. And Cher's performance in particular was praised for its realism. She was awarded the Best Actress Prize at the 14th Moscow Film Festival in 1985. Kim, Kim would have been happy about that. Yeah, he was stoked. stoked. Yeah. And as it was a communist country, the couple were allowed to go to Moscow to attend the festival. And the film received a standing ovation. Kim was stoked. Yes, that's good. And when out and about in Moscow, the couple felt comparatively free. Chair suggested making a run for, the, for an embassy and trying to gain political asylum, but Shin urged her to be patient. We're on a hot streak yeah, here. We're making some good films yeah, here, Chair. This is one great. an award. <laughs> yeah, baby, come on. Uh, there's a recording of Kim telling Shin, so they kept recording him, which is absolutely crazy. I mean, yeah, just yeah. at wow. any point the tape like fucks up or makes a weird sound my tummy sorry my tummy's being funny (laughs) 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 oh yes sorry eating something odd here (laughs) a little too much grass (laughs) (laughs) oh my god so there's a recording of Kim telling Shin that when they talk to people at these events from now on they must say that quote there is no freedom in South Korea no freedom or democracy, and that they interfere with his creativity there, and that the reason he came to North Korea was to find true creative freedom. He's like, just say that when you're interviewed. Yeah, just pull it out, make it sound natural. <laughs> Put in your own words, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what you want to get across. Don't say the reason he came here, say the reason I came here. <laughs> that sounds weird. Uh, Shin obliged and told a newspaper in Belgrade that North Korea had given him a blank canvas in order to make art with complete creative freedom. So on the surface, they were loving their time in North Korea, and people, more people, were like, see, what did I say? They're traitors. They're traitors. Uh, to ensure that this charade was kept, everywhere they travelled, they were accompanied by about twenty guards, Whoa. watching their every move and listening in on what they said. When they attended the Berlin Film Festival, Shin and Cher really proved themselves to their leader Kim, 
when they ran into some old South Korean colleagues and gave them the cold shoulder and talked about how well they were doing in North Korea and how uh, the film industry in there was way better. So it's kind of part of Kim Jong-il's plan, like make it seem like it's great so I get more directors over here and I can make like a like a more interesting film. Yeah, he won like a whole film industry, yeah. Yeah. Man, you would... It, I mean, it would have been interesting to see, you know, if it had worked. <laughs> yeah. If they'd been like the second Hollywood ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they've... They've been seen by the security to brush off their South Korean colleagues. And this was reported back to Kim Jong-il. Well, they told him that Shin and Cher were falsely loyal to his father, Kim Il-sung's kingdom. With the two leaders' confidence and trust gained, they were given further artistic and social freedom. So their plan was working mm. to make the party love them and trust them. It's interesting that they're like, they continue to record because I feel like I'd be like, we're so close to getting the closer you got to having enough freedom to escape, you know, the more dangerous recording yeah. sort of almost yeah, becomes. Yeah, keep the risk up. Yeah. And this big sack of uh, tapes you've got in your room. <laughs> I'd be, you'd be paranoid every time the cleaner's in there. <laughs> so, many, so many you can swallow. <laughs> uh, probably the most famous film they made in North Korea is the 1985 dark fantasy action monster film, Pulgasari. Paul Gasari. Shin asked Kim to let them make a film that would really appeal internationally and not just to Koreans, and Kim, super on board. What do you want to do? The film was a shameless ripoff of Godzilla. According to the Daily Telegraph, uh, Paul Gasari was a minotaur-like behemoth with huge horns and oddly expressive eyes. <laughs> what? The design was based on the Bulgasari, a creature for a uh, creature. <laughs> I've really read that uh, as it sounds. Oh, as it looks, a creature from Korean legend with the body of a bear, nose of an elephant, eye of a rhino, and leg of a tiger. Uh, Where, where's the bull in that? Where's the minotaur in that? <laughs> if you it, combine them, it looks like a minotaur. Is it like a one-eyed rhino and a one-legged tiger? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Hopping along. Yeah, just that's scary. Begging to be put down. <laughs> it's yeah, it's sewn together from all the parts. Some are still alive. Please, <laughs> please, please. This really hurts. <laughs> uh, the film version uh, is uh, created by a dying blacksmith imprisoned by a cruel king during a, a medieval Korean dynasty. Pulgasari is carved by the old man as he waits to die in a cell. When his daughter bleeds on the miniature monster, it comes to life and begins gorging on metal. Whoa. Okay. Cool. And the more it eats, the faster it grows. Soon it's as tall as a person. And then as big as a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> That's quick. When the peasants rebel against their wicked ruler, Paul Gasari is there with them, doing its bit to tear down the corrupt ancient regime. That's very... Like... Like, like, clearly that's got some shades of what's happening. <laughs> like, like, just Kim, did he notice? <laughs> well, that's what everyone said. They were like, um, <laughs> Shin? <laughs> Shin claimed the film wasn't meant to be seen as a metaphor about overthrowing a corrupt and repressive <laughs> regime. I don't know where you've got that. Where'd you get that idea? <laughs> that's crazy. Many have interpreted it that way, and he's since said it was a pure monster film. I didn't put any ideology <laughs> in it. <laughs> 
He's getting cocky. You're out now, Shin. You, can't, you don't <laughs> have you to lie. No, Shin, come on. It was definitely a Godzilla ripoff. Uh, they even got the Japanese studio that um, that made the special effects for Godzilla, including the man in the Godzilla suit to fly out to North Korea to make the film. Oh, wow. Did he get to leave? Well, as with Shin, the Japanese had not come to North Korea voluntarily. Ah. They'd boarded a plane in Tokyo, understanding that they'd be shooting a movie in China. Instead, they landed in Pyongyang, the North Korean capital. That would be a shame. Jeez. And you'd be so confused when you were still expected to get in the you're monster like, costume. Wh- yeah. What? Because you'd be like, oh, I've just been kidnapped. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, no, you're still a monster. <laughs> oh, no. oh, we'll still pay you. <laughs> you're still here to be in a monster <laughs> film. <laughs> what? Apparently, most of the crew were too afraid to talk to them because they were worried that they'd be punished for talking to non-Korean people. So they had a very bizarre experience. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then they, they did get flown home. Yeah, they got to go home afterwards, yeah. They did their job. It's uh, almost funny to think that an insane dictator had kidnapped two people to make a a B-movie about a metal-eating monster. (laughs) But whilst his people starved, Kim spared no expense on the film, spending an estimated $3 million in the uh, the 80s. One of the scenes features 10,000 extras. Whoa. So... The production value is pretty high. <laughs> yeah. You can watch the entire film on YouTube and judge it for y- for yourself, which I will link in the description if you're interested to check it out. That's exciting. Um, I couldn't sit through too much of it, I'll be honest. <laughs> but the film was a big hit in North Korea and Kim hailed it as a masterpiece. Wow. They. Uh, this is where... <laughs> <laughs> Matt oh, my God. Off, that's how good it was. Matt nearly fell off his chair. <laughs> 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 So how did it how did it go on Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah, what's the what's the sportometer say? Did you say Kim hailed it as a masterpiece? Of course he's going to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he was like, he they, w- they like it, <laughs> they like it, masterpiece, masterpiece. We've done it again. But he's he's a cinephile, so he'd have he opinions. knows. That's true. That's true. I wonder. I wonder what's on Rotten Tomatoes. Surely somebody's given it a review, or it's on uh, audience score on uh, Paul Gasari is twenty three percent. Twenty three percent. So there's a lot. Great. There's a lot worse though. But there's a the uh, tomatometer is not available. What's okay. uh, what's it called again? How do I spell it? I'm uh, checking it out in a letterbox. Paul Gasari. So P U L. Yeah. G A. Yeah. S A. R I. Sometimes known as Bull Gasari with a B. I don't think it's on letterbox. That's so sad. It's uh, on IMDb. It's had nearly a thousand votes, and it's five point two out of ten. But that's ex- this, the fact that it's not on Letterbox means that if you out there review it for Letterbox, you'll be the only review. Oh, that's pretty exciting. Straight to the top. Yeah, and yeah. you can de- and you can watch it for free on YouTube. So it'll be, you can make a genuine. There you go. While we've just been chatting, there, I've also looked up kaiju. Apparently, that uh, means strange beast, and it's a Japanese genre of films featuring giant monsters. Oh well, there you go. Well, Pulgasari or Pulgasari is definitely that. Uh, the 1954 film Godzilla is commonly regarded as the first kaiju film. Is King Kong a kaiju? Uh, well, yeah, because they did do... Like, oh, he's fought Godzilla. Yeah, there was a Japanese version of... Is of, it a myth or true that there's like Godzilla vs. King Kong and that that in Japan... Godzilla wins and in America King Kong wins. Oh, I'm not sure. I feel like I've read that somewhere, but that like also that. sounds like it could well, be fake. A new American version's coming out later this year. I hope they do to. the same thing. Yeah. King Kong shouldn't win. He's tiny. Yeah. How He's, does it work? Don't they normally... He just grows. I guess. I think they make him enough. about as big as each other. He's got an ape's brain. Have you seen Skull Island? It was pretty big. Yeah, that's true. 
But Godzilla Are you getting confused with Mighty Joe Young? <laughs> that's a kind of big ape. That's, that's like a mildly big ape, <laughs> but not one beyond like what could feasibly normally happen. Kong, you know? Kong Skull Island, it was like mountain size big. That was it's a, got a huge bigger. ape. Yeah, big ape. Yeah. Now that's a big ape. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is that a line in the movie? <laughs> now that's a big ape. <laughs> <laughs> it starts with him squashing Mighty Joe Young underfoot. <laughs> now that's a big ape. <laughs> they, the, the kid goes, whoa. That's a pretty big ape. <laughs> but he's pointing at Mighty Joe Young. Yeah. Get gets squished. Well, yeah. Zoom out. Now that's a big ape. <laughs> and scene. That's a Cut. great scene. I think that's going to be a big hit. Yeah. I want I want to make a film. <laughs> I reckon I can make a great film. Man, all you got to do so. is kidnap two more talented people than you. And yeah, you absolutely. It. Two more talented people than me? <laughs> all right. It'll be hard, but I wish you I'll luck. put the feelers out. Yeah. So during this time, so the film... It's a big hit in North Korea and for Kim. During this time, the US State Department was contacted by a woman who claimed to know both uh, Che and Shin. Her father had met Shin at a film festival and Shin wanted him to pass on that they were being held against their will and that they wished to escape to the USA. They also sent in tapes of recordings of Shin, uh, Shin talking to Kim Jong-il to back up the story. Whoa. And the US were amazed because at that time, no one outside of Korea had ever heard Kim Jong-il speak. Wow. wow. That's how reclusive he was and he didn't do the big speeches. So that also shows that it's not proving anything. It could be anyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so they've got, basically these tapes were smuggled out and sent to the State Department and they were like, oh, okay. Uh, Chair and Shin were allowed to travel to Vienna to discuss their next film with someone who wanted to co-produce films with the pair. Of course, their entourage of guards and minders went along as well. But one night, on March 13th, 1986, while staying at the Intercontinental Hotel, when the guards were smoking and playing poker in the room opposite, more than eight years after their abduction... Chair and Shin decided to finally make a break for it. Oh, wow. I mean, eight years, and they, you know, they're obviously the guards would be real tight on them early. Eight years, and they clearly seem to be. Yeah, they're in on it. They love it. They yeah. want. They're here for life. So you'd start to you'd start you let would, your guard you'd down. Relax. You'd have have. Jeez, but you wouldn't want to be one of those guards. Oh <laughs> yeah. If you go home no. without them, don't bother coming home. <laughs> yeah. Can we come? Can we come with you guys? <laughs> <laughs> so this was it. If they got caught, they knew they'd be killed. With that thought at the front of their minds, the couple packed their bags, which I think is insane. Yeah, why? Leave the fucking suitcase. Yeah, absolutely. Silently tiptoed down the hallway, took a lift down to the lobby, and hailed a taxi. Yeah, without your bags, you could be like, oh, we're just going out for fresh air. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it looks like What's in your bags that's so important when you came here with nothing? Go down in your pajamas, really sell it. Mm. Oh, yeah, oh, sleepwalking. Oh, my God. Oh, wait, what? what? Oh, the airport? What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, they drove away from the hotel but seemed to be followed by a white taxi. Oh, no. Shin and Cher held hands and hoped for the best. Where are they? They're in Vienna. Yep. So, and who's, is Vienna, is, where, Vienna's in... In Austria. Austria. So, it's a, it's alright, like it's a... It's not yeah, like so, a, a, a Eastern Bloc Yes, yeah, so it's like a pretty diplomatic country. Yeah. yeah. I'm, okay, I'm forgetting this is in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, Austria, what are we, is Hitler about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, luckily, their car, so they think they're being followed, but luckily their car made it through a red light and the car following them didn't. Well, I don't... Th- all of a sudden, I'm not sure that they're really... <laughs> Maybe they weren't This car full of badass. Oh, 
well, we'll die if we don't get them back, but... I don't want to run around. I mean, it's dangerous. They instructed their driver to make a sharp turn and head to the US Embassy. They made it to the embassy and ran inside, declaring that they were South Korean nationals who'd been abducted by the North Korean regime. It's safe to say that the embassy workers didn't experience this every day. (laughs) (laughs) I saw a guy talk about it in an interview. He was even talking about how, I mean, like, we'd even have, like, you know, Soviet soldiers come over sometimes and try and get asylum. But never anyone (laughs) kidnapped, filmmakers kidnapped by North Korea. (laughs) Wow. So... Uh, Che and Shin were given asylum by the USA, who were at first somewhat dubious of their claims. To be honest, it is a crazy story. Yeah, oh yeah. But the fact that they'd been so close to the ultra-reclusive Kim for so many years meant that they had a trove of valuable info on North Korea. Oh, he would have felt so betrayed. I know, he would have been... Do you reckon he cried? He would have been hurt, I reckon. Yeah. I think he would have, yeah. They held a press conference... With law officials, and Shin addressed the rumours that he'd defected to North Korea. There were still people saying, you went voluntarily. You loved it over there, dude. I saw you on that camel. Yeah, you were loving that camel, sick. Big big smile. Uh, Shin said, perhaps some of you living in freedom will not appreciate this, but we are fearful to the core. He was like, I don't care what you think. I was really scared. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, just the... He was... Facing face to the floor for what? Four years. Four years for like twenty-two hours a day. Yeah, half an hour of sun, half an hour of sun, and bugs are coming out through the floor. That's a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. You'd be pretty offended if someone said you you, loved you it. had a good time there. <laughs> uh, North Korea came out, of course, and said that Shin was a liar and that he'd willingly defected to make the films and that he'd run away with embezzled money from the government. That's what, oh. That was their official That was their That's go- why that's, they had the suitcase. That makes sense. Full of cash. I feel like it, that wouldn't be the claim I would go with. I don't know what I'd go with, but I feel like that's <laughs> a bit elaborate on their part, you know? They broke our hearts. <laughs> <laughs> they came here. They stole our hearts with their beautiful films. Oh, my God. And then they ran away. And now I've got Waterloo in my head. <laughs> Can't <laughs> get it out. What do we ever do to deserve this? <laughs> Oh, I'll put you in solitary confinement for four years. That was your welcome. I mean, come on. That was an administrative error. And I apologise for that. <laughs> I was thrown under. <laughs> there was a lot on. I had a lot on. I'm second in charge of this big country. <laughs> uh, Chair and Shin lived under a police guard for two years, worried that you know that North oh, Korean agents would enough. take them out. They went back to South Korea. No, they lived in the US and they settled in LA and tried to kickstart their film careers. Sadly, with limited success. Going back uh, to making movies. Yeah. Wow, I probably wouldn't. They've made so many <laughs> they, as well. Yeah. And they weren't yet that young anymore. They're sort of in their 60s. I don't... It feels like they should have been working on making a, st- a movie of their life. Yeah. What a story. This is a film. Yeah. Oh, this is a film. Sh- I'm shocked that... I mean, maybe it hasn't. I just don't know about it. There's a great doco, which I'll link to in the description and point out at the end because it was really, really good. But there's, as far as I know, there's no... Film oh, adaptation. That should be. That's yeah, absolutely. That's such a great idea it's for such a, film. a story. Yeah, it's got everything. So limited success. Although I will say, Shin did produce three ninjas, the martial arts comedy films. Oh, you, you, yeah. Do you know those? Yeah, yeah. three ninjas. He and, produced those, and uh, he directed one of the sequels. Huh. Whoa. So um, I actually wasn't that familiar with them, but yeah, they look like there was three or four in the series. I kind of only I'm, remember the first one. I yeah, think. I'm just I'm remembering it by name. In fact, to be honest, I may just remember the DVD cover. Ah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen them, yeah. but I'm definitely. Yeah, sort of early '90s. 
Is it uh, light-hearted? In my head, it's light-hearted. But actually, three young brothers who are trained by their Japanese grandfather in the art of ninjutsu. Victor Wong is the only cast member to appear in all four films. Didn't need to read that last bit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's good to know. Uh, Apparently, yeah, three ninjas comedy. Kick back, knuckle up. And High Noon at Mega Mountain. <laughs> oh, I hope you directed that high one. High Noon at Mega mm. Mountain. That sounds fun. That sounds, like the, that sounds like the best one of the four. Yeah. The three, sorry. Yeah, wow. Going back to making movies. Damn. Yeah. But just... if you're making lighthearted ninja comedies, I get that. You know. I mean, I think it was just their passion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the couple eventually did return to South Korea after making sure they wouldn't be punished for defecting. So they made sure I'm not going to get arrested. Many apparently still doubt their story. Wow. Really? To this day. Despite the tapes. Is that is that like part of some kind of South Korean propaganda where they're like, like, I don't, I don't even know. It just seems so hard to comprehend the idea of imagining someone would intentionally, first of all, intentionally go to North Korea. And that even when they came back and they were like, this is horrible, that you would be like, no, you still loved it. Well, because if you look at it, it did... He went through horrific stuff, but maybe they don't think he did that. Because I think the claim is, if you don't believe it, is that he went over to make these films because no one else would give him any money and he wanted to make these movies. And then maybe he decided he wanted to leave and then he did escape. Because the couple actually remained married until Shin's death in 2006. So amazingly, this whole ordeal had got them back together as a couple and in many ways had kick-started their careers because they made... Some very highly funded movies, and that's why some people feel suspicious yeah, about okay. it. Three ninjas. Three but ninjas, as we recall. I just think that they were making the best of what happened. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, as for Troy Yu and he, uh, she died in 2018 at the age of 91. Oh, wow. Having outlived her former captor, Kim Jong-il, by almost seven years. Got him. Got the last laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that is the end of the story, but I do want to say I really enjoyed a fantastic doco made on this story in 2016 called The Lovers and the Despot. Which is available on the UK Netflix, thanks to Express VPN <laughs> for letting me do that. Uh, it tells the story and intercut scenes from Shin's movies that actually work really well. Oh, that's cool. Because he made so many different movies. It's like almost a scene for everything. I'll link all of my sources in the description of the episode. And there was also a fantastic article in The Guardian from John, John, John Gorenfeld, published in 2003. But yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's the story. Isn't that just crazy? It's a wild story. That's nuts. I think, yeah, and it sort of, I mean, the way they got through it in the end, it was awful, a lot of bad stuff happened. You know, no one ever thinks about the goons who pro- obviously went back to get killed. Yeah. All, you didn't mention that. Yeah. Those large men. <laughs> oh, I know, in their big wigs. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that, oh. Large men, long wigs. Crying mm. in, a, in a wig, that's not good. They yeah. should, well, unless they trimmed their wigs. Oh, that's clever. It wasn't me, it was the guy that looked like John Bonham. <laughs> It's crazy that they got back together in the end. Like, but I, but it also, of course, you're not going to ever be able to find somebody else who knows what you. You know what I mean? Like, who went through exactly the same thing yeah. you did. So I guess, of course, you're going to stay together. But that's what a what a crazy. So love yeah, story. so it is a love story. Yeah, it is yeah, a it love is. story. That's nuts. It's a real make or break type scenario. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like a couple going on a holiday for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how's this gonna go? <laughs> My God, are there like the films? This is what I was thinking when you were talking about like, oh, he gets to make whatever film he wanted. Were the films he made their films he wanted to make? Like, or like, was it like Kim Jong Un was Kim Jong Il? Sorry, was like this. Make whatever film you want. 
But it'd be cool if this was in the movie. Or it'd be cool if the movie yeah, included some of this. I reckon that... I mean, he pushed the boundaries further than they'd been pushed before, but I still think there were boundaries. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. Like, and people making final, you know, signing it off type thing. Mm. And the fact that the first movie was written by Kim Jong-il's dad, <laughs> basically. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well... <laughs> so, he got to make movies with more money than he'd made for a long time, but... The amount of creative freedom. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he also wrote a movie that was a metaphor for... Pulling down the North Korean Empire. Hey, man, that was just a coincidence. <laughs> just pure happenstance. Do you reckon he wrote it and he was like, maybe this will inspire some people. Maybe they'll tear down the government I can get out that way. That's lofty. Yeah. yeah. It's a lofty goal. He's a long game guy. <laughs> Planting lots of different seeds. See which one grows first. Yeah. You, you would also just like after the four years in confinement and then all of a sudden becoming the like minister of film or whatever, you would just... Never know what was gonna happen next. You would, you would, you would just always be like, even if years had passed and all you're doing was making movies for North Korea, you'd be like, at any second they could ship me here, put me, here, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, people all the time you hear about, you know, stories come out of North Korea and you can never 100 percent know what's really happening inside the the country. But people that are like, you know, three years ago they were like the second in charge and now they're being, you know, taken out back and shot. Yeah, it's like oh. Oh god! That quick! Oh my god! It was like really like um, old school, like kings and queens type stuff. Yeah, people absolutely. get too much power, and then it's that uh, no out the back. Ugh! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, amazing. H- Henry the Eighth sort of. Yeah, that's sort of heads. People with too much power. Yeah, incredible, incredible. And I imagine now we've made this podcast, we can never go to North Korea. Sorry yeah, about that. Damn. Sorry. Oh, that's why Jess isn't here. Yeah. <laughs> Her name's not associated with this filth, with these lies. Wow. Would, yeah, it would be interesting to go there, obviously. You can do it, right? You can do it as like a... Uh, like a... Like a guided tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say we should probably shouldn't. Yeah, I would avoid it, I think. Like, I don't think they want me, but I think that if they did want me, they could get me, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, North Korea isn't... Clamoring for Jackson, but if they set their minds to it, I'd be out of here. I'd be gone. Well, you've got your alter ego to get to wriggle your way out. <laughs> oh yeah, Are Jackson RL Bailey, not Jackson B Bailey. I've never heard of this man. And they'll be like, it's just another administrative error. Easy All right, get mistake out of here. to make. Go on, you scamp. <laughs> Back to South Korea. Wow. I think this brings us to everyone's favorite section of the show, the fat quote or question section. And Jackson, you. Being the Jess Rolte, you know, you'll do the jingle for Fat Quota Question. Fat Quota Question. <laughs> that is, That's pretty close. That is so close. It is so close. <laughs> That's, well, I knew it, of course. If I but said it's based on the Widget the World Watcher theme, would that help you? No. <laughs> right, that would, right. in fact, make me more confused. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm convinced that that's a show that never existed. Yeah, Little Purple Alien. Shapeshifter? No. Like real, like super infotainment-y kids stuff. You, you sound There's like... a big lesson in it. You sound like Kim Jong-il des- describing <laughs> his next movie. Yeah. This is what I want you to make. Little Purple Alien? You cool with that? Like sort of, you know, widget the world. Sort of shapeshift, you know. <laughs> yeah. you know? Make it educational, but fun. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh my God. All right, all right. Okay, I'll try. Um... So, yeah, you, you nailed that. That's no, the jingle. That's so good to hear. So, the way people get involved in this is if they go to patreon.com slash pod and they support us on the Sydney Schoenberg Deluxe Memorial Rest in Peace edition level. And if you do that, you get to give us a fact, a quote, a question. You also get to give us uh, a get to give yourself a title 
Uh, and on that level, you had all sorts of stuff. You get to vote in two out of the three topic votes or topic polls. Uh, you get the bon- three bonus episodes per month. You get those on another level. I forgot what all the levels are called. But, um, yeah, we do three bonus episodes now, Jackson. That rolls. Uh, one's a bonus mini report, which is normally actually usually about Just a normal a length report. report. Just <laughs> minus the fact quite a question, which sadly is everyone's favourite part of the show, yeah. so you don't get that. But <laughs> you get the full report, the boring bit. We do another <laughs> one, which is a bit of a mixed bag one. This month we did uh, a catch-up, like a, a catch-up on all past reports or oh, a bunch of different rolls. past reports to see if any stories had evolved Yeah, because in four and a half years, a lot of stuff had actually continued on. Yeah, mm. I can imagine. Uh, and then the third one we're now doing monthly is Phrasing the Bar, where we celebrate the films of Brendan the Fraser. It's a spin-off podcast from <laughs> Brendan Primate. the Fraser. <laughs> Bre- <laughs> Did you know you called him Brendan the Fraser? <laughs> I did not know. <laughs> we celebrate the films of Brendan the Fraser. And, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was a spin-off of Primates, much like uh, Getting Fruity with Matt and the Boys yeah, was. Yeah, for sure. Jeez, uh, it's, it's, I'd call uh, Primates in that way. The mother of Korea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was thinking the same thing, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, what am I talking about again? But anyway, this reward you get for the Sydney Scheinberg Lux uh, Memorial Edition is like, to get to give us a fact quote or question. Uh, this week, because I don't have my computer, Dave's actually going to be reading them out. Uh, fantastic. So we're going to go through a few of these, and thanks to these uh, absolute legends for supporting the show. And first of all... Dave, can I ask you, are you doing it like I do it without... You don't read them until you read them? I'm not going to read them until I read them. Thank you. It's That's good, good to, to hear. Yeah. yeah. I thought, because knowing Dave, he's very studious. He may read them. I half them. expected him to do some homework, looked up pronunciations and such. I've uh, actually uh, rewritten some of these quotes <laughs> because I didn't like them. <laughs> the question, that was shit house. Shit house phrasing there, mate. Uh, I'll rewrite that. No, um, going straight from the word on the page for, from Kate Burton. Oh, Kate Burton. Kate Burton, who's given herself the title of Head of Banana Bread Connors connoisseurship oh that's a lofty title wow and an important member of our team i love banana bread it is great it makes me feel like it's healthier than a cake Mm. but it really is just a cake right yeah absolutely not just a cake sure it's the naming right you call that banana cake which is what it should be called yeah all of a sudden i think oh this is yeah i'll spit it out yeah (laughs) banana bread though oh Oh. bread's healthy the more i eat and Banana. Yeah, exactly. Ex- which absolutely. is a fruit. We should do an episode of Getting Fruity about banana bread. Yeah, oh, we should. Good it's idea. basically a fruit. Yeah. <laughs> I'd listen to that. Uh, Kate Burton, head of banana bread connoisseurship. I've never even... Connoisseurship. Connoisseurship? Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. That's I don't okay. read this until I read this. <laughs> I actually did, but I've uh, mispronounced that to make it seem like I That's haven't clever. read this before. Very clever. Uh, Kate has given us a quote, and that quote is... If you want to throw a TV out of a hotel room window, then do it just before you leave the hotel, because there might be something you want to watch. <laughs> well, that is a quote from Craig Nichols, who I believe is the guy from The Vines. Ah. It's, hey, it's a good quote. The front man of The Vines, Craig yeah. Nichols. It's a good quote. It's, it's accurate. That's great. And he seems like someone that would trash a hotel room. So, for people that might not He wants not to know, get free. He was a... Uh, <laughs> The singer of a fantastic, um, very uh, rock and roll. Yeah, that's who that is. Aussie band from the early to mid two thousands, The Vines, who, uh, who did um, have a bit of crossover in America, I believe. They were yeah, on they they were in that Tonight group shows of, and stuff. Um, you know, it felt like they were coming up with the Strokes and all those sort of bands. They yeah, were in so that, that kind of scene. Post rock, mm. post rock. Is that what they are? Is that what it's called? Yeah, but they formed in ninety four. 
Didn't realise that. I think they do. They all meet each other working at KFC. Oh, that's good. Oh. Very rock and roll story. Yeah. <laughs> I wanna get free. I wanna get free. I wanna get free. Right into the sun. I haven't thought of that song in so long. You did a great job. <laughs> Can I just say? Jackson B. Bailey. <laughs> Jackson B. Still my beating heart. <laughs> my word. Uh, thanks to Kate. I'd like to now also shout out to Nick Fidian. Nick Fidian, who is uh, giving himself the title or themselves the title of Chief Officer in Charge of Manifesting Democracy. Oh, <laughs> relevant. Oh. He said what? <laughs> yes, that is very much relevant to to tonight's uh, episode. He touched my penis. <laughs> I wonder what. But but you assured me that I could speak. No one assured you of anything. I love that. Do you know the Democracy Manifesto? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love him. We love him here. And uh, Nick Fidian's given us a fact. Uh, here's the song. Or the fact. I've, <laughs> I've, I've read the word song. In the time it takes to play the song I'm Gonna Be 500 Miles by the Proclaimers, the International Space Station will have travelled 500 miles and then 500 more. What? Whoa! That's cool! Get it up, that- yeah. <laughs> as the uh, wags say it. Where's pub cover bands play it? <laughs> so they say, just get, get it up, yeah. Get, get it up, yeah. That's great. That's fantastic. Did That's they know great. in the ISS? Do they know they're doing that? <laughs> yes, yeah, so they're like, slow down. <laughs> uh, I'd like to thank also Drew Forsberg. Drew oh Forsberg, who is our understudy to the resident three in one expert. <laughs> What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, means what you want Matt's to little, little laugh. It seemed to imply a new more. Yeah, that's what I was like. Explain yeah, I was that like, to me. And we'll throw it, it to you. That was like a very, that was like a well played. Oh, well played. <laughs> I, was, I, was thinking of, I was thinking of something I said earlier. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Understudy to the resident three in one expert, Drew Forsberg, has given us a quote. And that quote is, I was saying Boo Worms <laughs> from Hans Moorman in the Simpsons episode, A Star is Burns. It's a great quote. It's very good. <laughs> I was saying Boone's. Oh, I love he's, it. He's, he's one of the great it's true. minor characters. He dies so often. That's fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> Ow, my groin. God, that is such a funny episode. Wasn't there a thing recently on Twitter? The, the, they were like, here, here are some of the animatics for, you know, there's the 22 short films about Springfield or whatever mm. it's called. They were like, here's some animatics for some of the short films that didn't make it in. And, oh uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think one of them was a hands mole man adventure of some variety. <laughs> I forget what though. That's fun. Yeah. He also didn't he was it him that uh dated one of the Bouvier sisters? Or no, sorry, Miss Krabopel. No, I'm thinking of uh who's the other great old character? Old Gil? No, the, uh, the beard, the beard with the beard, the paddling the guy. The sea captain. Oh, no. I know you. Yeah, yeah. And oh, she, she goes, oh, you look, yeah, Jasper, you look different from your photo. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a photo from like, from the 1920s. Or he something. looks like he's in like the Great Depression. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a good bit. That is. We haven't done all, we often just reminisce about funny Simpsons oh, bits. We haven't so done a many. lot of that here today. There's, got, a, there's a lot of great moments in that show. It's interesting to take, I think. Great yeah. show. I've got a friend who's watch, who just finished watching from the beginning to the end oh. of the entire run of The Simpsons. He just Didn't, finished how season long did that 31. Take? Too long. All of his lockdown type. That's all he did. I what? would say that I've now seen 
by, by far a minority of the overall. Mm. Oh, me too. At one point, I'd seen every episode. But now I would have seen a third. Oh, it really gets say. away from you. When yeah. when it you know Disney Plus came out and it was all there, I'm like, I'm gonna do it. And I watched from didn't want to watch season one, but I went from like season two, hit season thirteen, and was like, it got bad. <laughs> Just stop. Yeah, like right. I couldn't. I, and then when the trailer for the latest season came out, because I knew my friend was watching it, I like tried to sit through the trailer and oh, couldn't even do the trailer. Damn, it's mm. really upsetting. Mark what a shame. Sick. I don't. It, the, <laughs> her voice act is just so old. She's got like she's yeah it's bad. I recommend trying. See how long you can sit through the, the trailer, trailer. For channel for season thirty one. But like in a minute long, and you can't get. <laughs> it's bad. You're like vomiting <laughs> out of disgust. <laughs> oh god, March sounds ill. <laughs> All right, should we do one more fact quota question? How many have we done? We've done three. What are the? Oh yeah, we've done two facts and a quote. How about a question? That sounds good. Love a question. I really want to get inside Jackson's mind. All right. All right well, our question for you and you and me comes from <laughs> Adam, Adam, Adam Pomeroy. Cool. Last name. Title, Sir Inverse Russell Crowe Esquire. Oh, <laughs> look out. Okay. Fantastic. Love that. These four names we've gone with today have all been immaculate. Yeah, that's very true. All right. The question from our Esquire is, my question to you is, reading in Adam's words here, if you have any, what are some of your favourite comedians and or comedy shows that you have seen? <laughs> I love the idea. If you have any. <laughs> no, not for me, comedy. Yeah, I've never really laughed at much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've just mentioned The Simpsons. It's got to be one of Simpsons them. Simpsons is pretty Oh, I love The Simpsons. The Golden Age of The Simpsons. Yeah. I don't know. What Seinfeld, I... long term. Oh, yes. Love Seinfeld. Seinfeld never fails to be funny. Yeah. You know? You can watch any episode, you have a good laugh. That's what's wonderful about Seinfeld. The yep. Summer of George, come on. <laughs> oh, it's such a great show. What <laughs> have um, I been watching lately? I've been, I'm still just watching X-Files. Oh, there great. are, that's there's great. comedy moments in it. Yeah, that's for great. Sure. Great comedy moments. But I wouldn't go as far to call it a comedy. Oh, you know, I don't think I've been watching anything terribly funny lately. I mean, you know, how about any uh, uh, comedians, all-time faves? Uh, yes, Anthony Morgan. It's one of my Australian legend. Uh, uh, of course, Tony Martin. <laughs> yeah. Australian legend. Another, legend. Another Aussie legend is uh, our good friend, but oh, honestly, the funniest comedian uh, from Australia, I believe, is Laura Davis. Laura Davis, so funny. Love her shows. Uh, Rory Scovel. It's one of my favourite specials of recent years. <laughs> yeah, we watched we watched that on our... Was that the first or the second time first, we went to the, we're First, we were in Edinburgh. We went to the UK and Matt put on this special and um, Rory Scovel, an American guy. My God, it was which, which special was it though, do you reckon? It was called... He's in a jacket. Yeah, it was called um, Rory Scovel Tries Comedy for the First Time. <laughs> That's yeah. right. It's a good title. That's a great title. Uh, we love uh, James Acaster. Yeah, yes, great, we, we watched a great, lot of his Very stuff. funny. His uh, repertoire stuff on Netflix is fantastic, and I've seen him. Yeah, he's seen him live a few times. Tom Walker's got an Amazon Prime special. Go oh, check that is. out. That's funny. I uh, I really like Tom, obviously, but I don't have Amazon Prime. Maybe that that is the the reason. Maybe, to get maybe it. that'll get you there. Maybe it'll get you over the hump to Amazon yeah, Prime. Yeah, great. Uh, yeah, so many. Maria Bamford, she's Maria funny. Great. Yeah, there you go. That's heaps. That's heaps. Do you need more? <laughs> I think Is that we enough probably, we for your I, list? I, imagine, I reckon we could give you a hundred. Yeah. 
I don't know if you want us to, but we could. I don't know if that's a threat. <laughs> Adam, do you want 100? Let us know. Let All right. us know. <laughs> Thank you so much to everyone that supports the show at... Uh, at patreon.com and uh, as well as all this other stuff we like to give a shout out Alistair Tremblay Birchall one of my favourites oh yeah oh, we, we love Alistair we love to uh, shout out to some what's people what's that what are we up to six okay <laughs> <laughs> settle in <laughs> here we go we uh, yeah people that support the show we uh, we usually read out their names Jackson and okay. then we come up with something to do with the episode yeah okay can and because you are the Jess of the episode. Yeah, sure. I'm today's Jess. Can Absolutely. you think of anything as to how thinking, we, would, we would thank them? What, what if we gave them each... Well, how many people is it going to be? Six. Okay. Could we could we come up with maybe roles for them in uh, uh, Bulasari? What was the name of the... Pugulsari. Yeah. Could we come up with maybe some roles for them in the film? Oh, as though great. we were Shin and Che uh, and we were making the movie. Yeah. We're casting them, you know. I think that's, that's great. What we could do, and and they could all just be one of the ten thousand extras. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, there extra you go. number nine thousand and four. <laughs> Judith Lucy, that's seven. <laughs> <laughs> it's taking. I like that it's taking quite a while between. Oh God, <laughs> gotta find my gotta find my gap here. <laughs> um, David Quirk, eight. <laughs> we love Quirk. Okay, Jess Perkins, nine. Oh, good choice. <laughs> well, I would like to kick things off if I if I can, please. I would like to thank um, from Terralgan, Victoria. Hey, great, Gippy. I would like to thank uh, Rosie Johnson. Rosie Johnson, another fantastic name. Yeah, on your Rosie Park. What is Rosie Johnson doing there, Jackson? In our in our film, hmm. I think Rosie Johnson. Let's change the film. Let's make the monster huge, and let's make <laughs> multiple people in the outfit. Oh, I was just thinking that. Like we a can, Voltron, yeah, Voltron. Situation, yes. And then Rosie can be the head because she was first. She's the head. So what animal? So we're each, She could be the a, Minotaur's head. Minotaur's head. The and that is head. a... What is it? A bull. It's, it's a bull, yeah. Okay. She could be the head of the bull. The head of the bull. Two-eyed bull? Two-eyed bull. Well, make, let's make it really big and she could be one of the eyes. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's gross. I mean, this the bull was made of 10,000 people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on you, Rosie. I would also like to thank from Perth. Here in Australia, Darcy Jacobson. Darcy Jacobson. Well, we're, mm. Luckily, uh, we're plucking out some of our most Hollywood-sounding names yeah, and supporters today, so that works out well. I Darcy Jacobson. I'd like Darcy to be the f- f- hoof. Oh, the okay. oh, wait, no. Minotaur's good. Okay, the human foot. The human the foot. Minotaur. Mm. So a full foot yeah. or a toe? Well, I guess it'll be a toe if Rosie was an eye. Do you think yeah, Darcy, which toe? He's really tall. So I reckon he's like the second, the long toe. The long yeah, toe. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's okay. one of the weird ones where it's really long. It's yeah, way longer too much than the longer big toe. Than, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. really long. It's a sign of intelligence. <laughs> well, there you really? go, Darcy. Yeah. You're welcome. Anything weird? Yeah, well, that's a sign of intelligence. So thank you so much, Darcy. Matt, have you got any people there that you would like to... I reckon, do you want to just keep reading them out? All we'll right. Keep, we'll keep hitting you up with body parts. Okay, yeah. how about uh, from Brixton in uh, England now, Ben Cook. Oh, ben Cookie. Cook, proud, beefy name. Yeah. Oh, yeah, where's, the, where's, the, where's the beef go then? Yeah, exactly. Where's the beef? In the bicep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and... He's rippling. Yeah. You, so, you're just, you're just saying this is just... Human body bull head. That's what's a and minotaur. That's what a minotaur is. is. Yeah. But we're making we're making up a new one. So maybe the arm is a fish. Yeah. All right. 
A trout. <laughs> He's got trout arm. Yeah, a trout arm, and the you can be the fin, which is kind of like the bicep of a fish. <laughs> arm, yeah, you know. Right? <laughs> you're the fin of the fish. The fin of the fish. Top of the pops. You're the fin of the fish. <laughs> To coin a phrase. Yeah. <laughs> uh, staying in uh, GB now from Lancashire in Copple specifically, it is Luke Holehouse. Oh, Luke oh Holehouse. the whole house. Yeah. Well, I Luke mean, can be the whole house yeah. that the creature is stepping on. Right. Yeah. Oh, oh, so no. you've been crushed, Luke. Stepping near important if, role. if we don't want to crush the whole house. House is the holy. Yeah. The whole house. The whole house. On you, Luke. I'd like to thank now from uh, Knoxville in Tennessee, home of the Wig Sphere. <laughs> I would like to thank X Files. I was watching X Files episode recently where they were in Knoxville, Tennessee. <gasps> Did they go to the Wig Sphere? They didn't go to the Wig Sphere. Oh, what a wasted opportunity! Um, is it because they were filming in Canada? Is it at all filming yeah. in Canada? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I think they actually changed where they filmed it ah. halfway through, and then some people can say that the light looks different. Oh, oh spooky! What light? Like the lighting. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, like you know, I missed the light. Is that a character? <laughs> you know the light. Yeah. The light. Yeah. You know, the smoking man. <laughs> the, the light. Smoking, the glint in the smoking man's eyes. The light. <laughs> Can I get a light? Oh, smoking man. Oh, uh, well, his, by the way, his voice doesn't match up to what you expect. Oh yeah, it's, it's a such shot. a long time before he talks, and they're like, oh, because oh, I'm picturing gruff. I'm looking yeah. at this smoking man. Ah, uh, yes, Mister Mulder. And yeah. He's sort of, yeah, it's sort of like quite a. A light and it doesn't sound smoke damaged at all. Yeah. But that guy smokes so many cigarettes. <laughs> I mean, he's the, the smoking man. Yeah. <laughs> that's the one thing he's known for. Yeah, he wants to give up, but then he's like, but this is all I've got. <laughs> he tries <laughs> different things. The man. Like the juggling man. People like, put it away. <laughs> the juggling the man. The man shuffling <laughs> cards. In the corner of Skinner's <laughs> office juggling. <laughs> Trying to look menacing. You said to me a while back, you have... You're going to love Skinner. Why'd you say that? Because I do love Skinner, but why did you think I, I was going to love him? I just got the feeling him? you'd like, like everyone. Lo- it feels like everyone lo- would love Skinner. Because, I don't What are you up to? See, uh, late in season two. Right, late in season two. Has he been a badass? He's been yes, a badass. he's starting to be mm. a bit of a badass. Yeah, he's great. I, I Mulder watched- punched him recently because oh, Mulder good. was out. Yeah, right. He'd been injected or something. No, his water supply had been contaminated. Oh, I'll I'll tell you about it. <laughs> Love it. Are you, are you next Dave X- tried to tell I me. I think I watched up to like season six, and then this was years ago, and I borrowed a DVD box set from a friend, and then I get, had to give it back because he wanted it back. So that's where I stopped. I think around season six, you stopped at a great time. And I always feel like for me, X Files is like two truly dog shit episodes to one incredible <laughs> right. episode. They had to pump them out. It's a wild how much TV they had to make. It's like yeah. twenty-two short, like hour-long films hmm. in a year it's wild but for like it feels like for every one episode about a maggot man there's 10 episodes about a psychic boy you know <laughs> yeah. what i mean that feels like the x-files ratio yeah, i was watching an episode with jack black in it recently oh yeah and it was um i'm like are they trying to use this like there's this guy uh he's like quite a fam- famous character actor as a kid and he could control the lightning sort of and I'm like, are they trying to use this as like a metaphor for angsty teens? Oh, wow. And then I looked it up and that's, that is what they were doing. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went, I'm like, the, the inspiration was, what's his name? Christopher Carter or Chris Carter? Oh, Chris Carter, He's the creator. series creator, yeah. Apparently, uh, the idea had been around since almost the beginning and it was just written on the wall. 
Lightning Boy. <laughs> that, that was all the, they're like, and then eventually they figured out we're making metaphor for oh, teen so angst. Great. And <laughs> do you mean eventually they got so desperate that they went, "Fuck, man, twenty-two is a lot of episodes, isn't it? What about Lightning Boy? Lightning Fire, boy. put it in. Light, yeah, chuck it in. There God it is. damn That's it, the episode." Fun. Wow. Great show. But from Knoxville in Tennessee. Oh, sorry. You've been waiting for this. And uh, if you're wondering if it's you and it is you, Molly Clark. Oh, Molly Clark. Molly Molly's Clark. a great name. I really like it too. Yeah. Molly Clark. Fantastic. Well, and let's make Molly Clark. We'll give this creature a snake for a tongue. Okay. Molly Clark can be in the head oh, of the wow. snake. Yeah, On the go. head of the snake. Not the tongue of the tongue? Oh, yeah. Maybe tongue of the tongue. <laughs> so the snake's the tongue, but yeah. the... The snake, snake itself has, a, has tongue. a tongue, yeah. And maybe we make the snake's tongue a worm, you know. Oh, and the worm Descending has a tongue? tube <laughs> animals. <laughs> and the worm's Russian, tongue. Russian, Russian snake snakes. dolls. Yeah. Wow. And that can be our good friend, Molly. Oh, and it just keeps extending. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the worst things we've ever said. <laughs> and we didn't say it. Extending snake tongues. It's snake tongues all the way down. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's like, and it's... <laughs> they're like behind bars the Minotaur man and they have to get out by pressing this button it's on the other side of the room and it's like oh my snake tongue's not long enough and then his snake tongue pops out which is a worm and that's not quite long enough it's still millimetres away so it pops out a millipede yeah <laughs> oh that's terrifying yeah that's bad news thanks Molly Clark from Knoxville Tennessee home of the Wig Sphere I would also like to th- uh, finally thank from Wichita, Kansas. Oh, yeah. Wichita woman. What's the... Wichy, Wichy woman. woman. I also <laughs> thought of that. Yeah. yeah. Is that an early Eagles song? Yeah. Yeah, because Elaine says ex- mm. Elaine's going out with a guy who, whenever Desperado comes on, he like drops out of the conversation, <laughs> looks into the middle distance, <laughs> and she's like, why can't we have a song together? We're like, Wichita, Wichy woman. He's like, whoa, yeah. Wichy woman. <laughs> <laughs> But that's uh, Wichita Linesman. It's a famous country song. There you go. Ah. Well, that's so good. The middle distance. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> Shh, Elaine. <laughs> this is my song. Desperado. <laughs> Not a good song. Uh, oh, I do like Witchy Woman, though. That's a, that's a good song. Oh, oh yeah. It's got a real groove. Mm. And from Wichita, Kansas, it's Michael DeRizzi. Oh, Michael DeRizzi. That sounds like a 90s bad boy. Yeah, yeah. it does. Michael DeRizzi. All right, now, who's the 90s bad boy of a Voltron-type <laughs> monster? <laughs> Which appendage? Maybe that would I know, be... Yeah, I mean, the obvious would be the dick. Yeah. But... Hog. <laughs> but let's full make the hog, hog a the full, full hog. A genuine a hog. A genuine hog, yeah. You know, to keep it PC. I mean... To be honest, the scale of this thing is pretty bad. <laughs> if the tongue, a human is just the head of the tongue, but then also a similar sized human is the, the entire penis. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a mess. Yeah. We're not going to be allowed to keep making movies in North Korea. <laughs> Kim's like, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Finally, North Korean cinema has reached a, you know, a, an incredible level. So thanks to our 90s bed by Michael DeRizzi there. We appreciate everything you've done for our Voltron-like creature. <laughs> Well, that brings us almost to the end of the show, but the only thing left to do is to check if anyone is in the Triptych Club. Oh, Matt. that's right. Um, while you're checking that... I, uh, I don't know how to... Okay, while well, I'm checking that... Okay. Uh, Jackson, we normally... So, the Triptych Club is for supporters of the show on Patreon. Oh, have been wonderful. supporting us on the shout-out level for three years straight. Now, uh, Jess would normally come up with... So, this is a little private area. Yeah, you, sure. They're letting, getting in behind the velvet rope. Oh, lovely. Uh, Jess normally offers them a weekly 
hors d'oeuvre and cocktail. Oh, uh, okay. Everyone who's already been inducted still there milling about. Mm-hmm. Mm, uh, so but very... we might have some new inductees. Either way, okay. what's on the menu this week? Very exclusive. This week we are uh, eating delicious uh, artisanal grass. Oh, <laughs> yes. Uh, laid gently, ever lovingly even, on top of a, uh, a small uh, formed mound of rice. With some Himalayan pink sea salt oh. sprinkled on top. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. And then to drink, we are providing water, <laughs> which is good and it will hydrate. I think you. We, we actually do need hydration. Water. <laughs> you didn't even try to like zhuzh it up with a name, fancy name or anything like no, that. No, this is sometimes, you know, but hyd- if, hydration brings its own high. But so. if you say it in like a, like, Water. Water. Water by J.B. Bailey. <laughs> Grass. Rice. <laughs> salt. Water. Water. Wow. We, um, we also often have a musical act playing, and um, we are very, very fortunate that the club tonight is uh, ex- experiencing a performance by the Eagles, exclusively performing... Witchy woman. <laughs> Whoa. Changed on, for your benefit to Wichita loop. woman. Yeah. <laughs> Wichita, Wichita woman. <laughs> Great stuff. Yeah. I mean, they have so many hits, but they're just going to play <laughs> Witchy woman. Oh, yeah. And All then, night, again and again. A lot of the band members are dead now, right? <laughs> or some of them. So that's what I love about this VIP area. Uh, you can bring them back. That's Dave so nice. has that power. Yeah, I, I brought back a few of the greats. Of only the Eagles, or does it extend to all bands? I don't know. I've brought back a few over okay. the years, over the last few weeks. That's exciting. Who, who have we had in there? Uh, who have we had in there? Um, well, last week we had Chuck Berry. Oh, lovely. Of course. The report was on Chuck Berry. That, that's fair. He was what? playing there with... Um, he was exclusively playing Witchy Woman. <laughs> <laughs> it was him, him, and he was supported by Muddy Waters, so... Oh, wow. It was a pretty good time. What a show. That was a great show. Yeah. So, do we have any inductees behind the velvet rope? <laughs> well, this is real disappointing because uh, if there aren't any, and you know, I really I loved a new member to come in yeah. and be you know swept off their feet by grass and water. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's for the best. I don't know. Maybe- <laughs> and this is the first time we've limited a musical actor playing one song <laughs> for three hours on repeat. But there's there's uh, quite a few people already in there who. <laughs> You know. We were probably sobering up after <laughs> Jess's wild cocktails from last week. <laughs> Maybe they're, get, re- they're parched. They're ready for water. Getting people on the waters. Like, yeah. you got to do it, you know? It's a detox. Yeah. You eat the rice, you eat the salt, you eat the grass, you have a drink of water, I'm you listen s- to Wichita Woman. <laughs> Wichita Woman. So hungry for <laughs> steamed rice right now. Yeah. And grass? And the Wichita lines. <laughs> <laughs> Can I play that as well? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll get the Eagles on. They're like, you know, that's not us, right? Just play it. Just play it. If I the song it. is about Wichita or witches, you're playing it. The <laughs> Eagles. <laughs> other, other great witch songs? I'm trying to think. Um, is there some song that's like that old hoodoo called Love? Is, is that a song? Oh. Yeah, something about feels hoodoo, like voodoo, or something. Hoodoo. It's love. That you do. The, pa- the power of the babe. What babe? The babe with the power. That's not how yeah. that goes. <laughs> that was dance, a- magic, dance. We can, they uh, can play that. Yeah, that's great. The entire The Labyrinth sound- yeah. soundtrack. It's basically witches. 
It's lucky there's no one in the club tonight. I t- the <laughs> number one song witches. that comes up is, of course, Witchy Woman from Eagles. From yeah, when That's the number one witchy song. Yeah. Can you believe it? <laughs> Wichita Lions Band number two. Mm-hmm. Well, that's Ooh. all you need. We should mash them up. Ooh. Wichita Lions Band. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't it? <laughs> that usually means it's time to wrap up the yeah. show. Uh, Jackson Bailey, thank you so much for Anytime. joining us on this episode. I loved it. We appreciate you being here. Now, you you do great. so many great podcasts. Would you Thank like to you. tell us about some of those? Sure. If you head to sanspantsradio.com, you can find all the dirty podcasts we do. There's a just a shit ton. Um, I'm in a lot of them. Plumbing the Death Star is the big one. And if you head to SOS... Uh, presents. Presents. Thank you so much. Dot com. You can grab tickets to our uh, upcoming streamed live show. The Plumbing Boys play slash Ruin Dungeons and Dragons. Please check it out. I lost my eyes in the last episode. They're oh in my, a forest Oh, somewhere. my God. Are they going to come back in this episode, do you think? I don't think so. I think they're gone forever, and I'm just permanently looking in a forest. Oh, we could maybe get one of our patrons to play your eyes. Oh, that would be great. I would appreciate that. Then I wouldn't be blind. No. They're very versatile. We'll see if anyone puts their hand up yeah. for that. Yeah, well, it's a good call out. <laughs> But that does bring us to the end of the show. Matt, thank you so much also for being here, even though you are here every week, even more than me. Thank you so much for having me, Dave. It's been a real pleasure to be here on your podcast. Uh, great to have you. And if people want to get in contact with me on my podcast, it is, of course, uh, at DoGoOnPod for all of our social medias and DoGoOnPod at gmail.com. If you want to drop us an email. That's right. Uh, one of the spinoffs to this Listen Now podcast is coming back. And uh, Dave, if you don't mind putting in the voting form... Uh, for this uh, next season, season two, we're doing 80s rock albums. Hell yeah. So, well, I voted. I've, I've a, already voted. Have you voted? Who do you, you want to... Oh, do you want me to read it? I don't, oh, I don't know. Review? Well, yeah. It's a democracy. I think you're allowed to say. I would love to have, hear you talk about a bit of Moz on there. So I voted for the uh, the, the Queen is Dead, the Smiths album. Right. Ooh. Yeah. So a listener suggested that one. I've never heard it. So um, that would be cool to hear but yeah there's all sorts of stuff so yeah obviously it's not all you think 80s rock you're probably thinking cock rock or hair metal but mm. uh there is definitely a bit of that on the list but there's yeah, all, all sorts, sorts of other stuff yeah that's exciting yeah so that should be fun um so yeah people vote you can vote for as many of the so- uh, albums on there that you want to hear and then we're going to count down through the the top albums as we go making sure we also feature australian ones as well because that was kind of the point of starting the yeah yeah show uh, Jackson, uh huh, you should vote. I will. I'll get on that the moment I get home tonight. Democracy is pretty good. Yeah, I want you to go out there and manifest mm, it. That really is democracy manifest <laughs> yeah. if I've ever seen it. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back next week with another episode. But until then, we'll say thank you and goodbye. Ladies, see ya. Now you say bye. I'm gonna say smell you later. <laughs> <laughs> bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1.
Only from Rustolium. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 